0: Thank you for your patience. Chair, staff is ready when you are. Three seconds has begun. Chair, staff is ready when you are. Thank you, clerk.
1: Good evening and welcome to the February 1st, 2024 Parks and Community Enrichment Commission. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum?
0: Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, if you can please unmute. Commissioner Ford? Absent. Commissioner Liu? Present. Commissioner Robbins is absent. Commissioner Herman? Present. Commissioner King? Absent. Uh, Commissioner Flores? Present. Vice Chair Gaines? Present. Commissioner Rosso? Here. Commissioner King is is absent. Uh, Commissioner Boone? Present. Commissioner Salinas-Collins? Present. And Chair Vasquez? Present. Thank you. We have quorum.
1: I'd like to remind the members of the public in chambers that if you'd like to speak on an agenda item, please turn in a speaker slip when the item begins. You'll have two minutes to speak once you're called on, and after the first speaker, we will no longer accept speaker slips. We'll now proceed with today's agenda. Please rise for the opening acknowledgments in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu Valley and Plains Miwok, Patwin, Wintun peoples, and the people of Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe, may we acknowledge and honor the Native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice and acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's Indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. You may be seated. Before we get started on tonight's agenda, we have a new member of this commission that I'm very excited to introduce. So please allow me to introduce you to our new youth seat, who is Commissioner Salinas Collins. Welcome. Would you like to say a few words about yourself?
2: Um, thank you so much for um, your patience and uh, allowing me to be here today. I really appreciate it. Um, my name is Salinas Collins. I was born and raised here in Sacramento, um, and I look forward to working with members of our public and getting to know each and every one of you. Welcome.
1: Now, we'll move on to the consent calendar. Do we have any members of the commission who'd like to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair, we have no speakers for this item. All right, great. Um, do we have any members of the commission who'd like to speak on the consent calendar? Okay, do we have a motion to approve the consent calendar? I
3: motion.
1: Thank you. Second?
3: Second.
1: Thank you. We have a motion by Vice Chair Gaines and a second by Commissioner Herman. All in favor say aye. 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 Objections? All right. Motion passes. Great. We'll now uh, proceed on to the discussion calendar. And item number one is, or excuse me, item number two is our PCEC work plan update for 2024.
4: Raymond. Good evening, Commission. Um, Just wanted to go over, we did make some, Taking your feedback in January, we were able to update the 2024 work plan. We incorporated some of the recommendations that you have, but I also wanted to just point out that due to the quick turnaround, um, the other items that we didn't have directly impacting with a staff report, we are gonna report back and we're gonna use the the follow-up log to put those items on there and let you all know how we plan to address the, the items that were brought and presented last month. So that's basically the gist of it. I made sure that it's posted, the, the 2024 update is posted on the agenda. I also sent it to you all, um, to the email addresses that you all have on file so that you have a copy of it in there as well. And that's, that's all I have for this item. Thank you.
1: Hey, thank you. I'm sorry, well, I don't know if I got it or if I wasn't able to see it. Did that just come out?
4: It was, it was posted I think earlier, t- earlier today.
1: Okay, did anybody have a chance to see the proposed work plan? We got one, yes. Any other guesses? All right, we might have to wait until next month to approve that because I also haven't seen it and I think we have one person who has.
4: It's, it's not up for approval, it was just literally bringing it back to you guys so that we have a, we had a draft last time. We took the feedback, tried to incorporate that as a team to, to put the plan together and again, we understand this is flexible depending on current events that happen throughout the year or changes have to be made because staff are unavailable. Um, you know, maybe things that were scheduled for month, a month may be delayed due to that. And so it was just incorporating that feedback again that you guys gave and then coming up with the the plan for you, for the year.
1: Great. Well, I look forward to seeing it and maybe if we have any questions or comments we can do it next month.
4: All right. Sounds good.
0: Do I have any members of the public who'd like to speak on that item? Thank you, Chair. We have no speaker slips for this item. Commissioners? Okay.
1: All right, so and then our next item would be item number three, trees and city parks, strengths, opportunities, and challenges. Do we have a staff presentation, please?
5: with the Department of Youth Parks and Community Enrichment. Uh, With me today is uh, Jody Carlson. She is a city arborist with urban forestry. She will be presenting as well. Um, I do want to make a safe harbor uh, comment here at the beginning just so uh, there is some clarity. Um, What we will be discussing tonight are the trees that are specifically within the parks that are managed by YPSI. Um, Our parks... Uh, Are unique and they are a small subset of the overall set of trees that exist within the city and also a very small part subset uh, that is unique from what the city manages as an urban forestry program so not everything that we present will be cross uh, informational to be able to take to the rest of the urban forest that is managed by the city or even into the larger uh, network of trees, which in Sacramento is probably o- over well over a million trees. So I will turn it over to Jody to start. And
6: Thank you, Sean. Good evening, Chair, Vice Chair, Commissioners, and Director Beecham. I'm Jody Carlson, city arborist, urban forester assigned to YPSI. I'm here to present to you regarding the strengths and threats of the park's urban forest. In the city of Sacramento, there are over 100,000 trees. Over 25,000 of those are in parks. Not included in these numbers are the trees in wildlife and nature areas, like the American River and Sacramento River parkways, Del Paso Regional Park, North Laguna Creek, and Hanson Ranch Regional Park. The estimated asset value of the the trees in parks is over $92 million. The asset value does not include the environmental and social benefits of trees. The greatest, of the, the greatest strength of the parks urban forest is its diverse species population. There are over 285 different species of trees. In this slide are the, most, are the ten most common and they account for about half the trees in parks. The wide range of species in our park's urban forest makes our parks more resistant to pests and disease, more resilient to climate change, and increases wildlife habitat. There are 275 other species that range in quantities from one to 544. Considerations for species selection of new trees are climate adaptation, pest threats, and individual site considerations. There are three main threats to the park's urban forest. Pests, climate change, and age diversity. In the pest category, there are two emerging and one well-established species of ambrosia beetles. Ambrosia beetles are vectors for fungus that cause the tree to respond in a way that clogs the vascular system, blocking the transport of water and nutrients throughout the tree. There are over 3,000 species of ambrosia beetles, but only three that are of concern at this time. It's important to remember about pest threats. Oh, important to remember about pest threats is that by the time they are identified, they are already well established in the area. The first is one that you're probably already familiar with. The red arrow is pointing to an elm bark beetle, which causes Dutch elm disease. It primarily affects American and English elms, and currently there are 531 susceptible elms in the Yipsy urban forest. Since the 1930s, Sacramento has lost hundreds of elms due to Dutch elm disease. Currently, loss is minimal due to early detection, preventative treatments, and the Sacramento Tree Foundation's STEP, or Save the Elms program, which recruits and trains volunteers to identify and report DED, short for Dutch Elm Disease. Treatment by trunk injection with pesticides can prevent infestation, but removal is necessary once the disease is confirmed in a tree. We have learned a lot about pest threats from Dutch Elm Disease, and we need to apply this knowledge to the next two pests in this presentation. The Mediterranean oak borer, is the second pest threat. Hosts for the Mediterranean oak borer are valley oaks, blue oaks, and possibly others. There are 4,550 susceptible trees in the Yipsie tree inventory. It was first identified in 2019 in Napa and last year in Sacramento, Placer, and El Dorado counties. City staff have not yet seen it in city trees, But knowing that it's in surrounding counties, we can be pretty sure that we just haven't seen it yet. But it's here. The pest will usually kill a tree within three years of infestation. This image shows the Mediterranean oak borer in the red circle. It's pretty tiny, just slightly larger than the tip of that pen. It was first thought that this pest prefers trees that are already stressed, but more recently, we've learned that they actually prefer healthy trees. Treatment is possible with a combination of insecticides and fungicides, but really only warranted for high value or very important trees. Upon confirmation of infestation, most trees will be removed as soon as practical. The third and greatest threat is the polyphagus shothole borer. It has a wide host range that includes 66 different tree species and has the potential of killing nearly 12,000 or almost half of the trees in Sacramento parks. There are 15 tree species that are very susceptible and another 51 that are affected to a lesser degree and the list is growing. Almost all of the 66 species are in the Yipsy tree inventory. Its impact can be seen mostly in Southern California, but it's moving north and just last month was confirmed in San Jose. There are unconfirmed reports of identification in Sacramento that have not been verified by University of California Agriculture and Natural Resources or CAL FIRE. This image shows two beetles on a penny The smaller one on the left is the male, and the one on the right is the female. Upon confirmation of infestation, trees will be removed as soon as practical. This is a pest we need to brace for. Our overall species diversity is in our favor, but with nearly half of our park's trees at risk, continued planting and care for new trees is vital. Its impacts will be substantial. Climate change is another threat to our our park's urban forests. Our older trees matured in a different climate, one where they received slow, consistent rainfall in the winter and summer temperatures that exceeded 100 degrees only a few days a year. Last year, there were 23 days over 100 degrees, and the rainfall seemed to come all at once. Drought actually damages a tree's roots, making them less able to uptake water resulting in stress, susceptibility to pests and disease, limited ability to recover from injury, and drought prevents the roots from developing the size and strength needed to sustain strong winds. Young trees are particularly affected by drought in ways that affect them for the rest of their lives. Drought can exacerbate most any problem a tree may face. Storms that are more intense and less frequent are the new normal. Recall the January 23, 2023 storms just one year ago. The intense rain saturated soils. The intense rain saturated the soils, and when the wind followed, we saw what happens to trees already weakened by drought. A total of 191 trees were removed, 90 of those in Land Park alone. 406 trees had limb failures. That left them disfigured and at higher risk of disease and decay, and further structurally compromised them and it making them at risk for additional failures. The third threat is the lack of is age diversity. Age diversity, this chart refers, in this chart, DBH refers to the diameter of which, which is how we estimate a tree's age. Overall, Our park's tree inventory has good age diversity, but within each park, most of the trees are the same age. Old parks have old trees and new parks have new trees. Ideally, there would be age diversity within each park so that as old trees are removed and new trees are planted, there is a consistent canopy coverage in each park. The Sacramento Urban Forest Plan is being developed for all of the city trees. It will be a roadmap for YPSI to create its own tree management plan that should include an updated tree inventory, a planting schedule that will result in age and species-diverse canopies in each park, a proactive pruning schedule that will reduce emergency response, and other schedules for tree maintenance, such as supplemental watering schedules, mulching, and pesticide applications. I want to leave you with just one more thing. With the threats that I've just described, nurturing and growing young trees is just as important as planting them.
5: So, uh, we did kind of chose this format to give a little bit of color into actually what's going on out there in our urban forestry within parks. Uh, Again, this is not representative of the city's larger urban forestry. The parks are a unique subset that were uh, deliberately planted with certain trees in certain areas um, for aesthetics and for usability of the park itself. So there are some variances that um, we want to make sure that are clear are not necessarily transferable to the entire uh, canopy of trees within the city of Sacramento. So we are obviously blessed with a huge... Um, natural resource in our trees within our parks and of course within our city I mean we are as sacramentans we are intimately aware of the trees that are part of our lives they are the you know one of the largest contributions to what defines Sacramento as a city and in, in my opinion but I will allow others to disagree with that um, and again this is a resource that we all are intimately again familiar with we live with trees we have trees in our yards we have trees um, all around us but we may not know a lot about what's going on in the larger urban forestry so we wanted to talk a little bit about the threats but again threats are things that can be overcome this is not um, a situation where as a parks department where we would not have the opportunity to start looking at these things proactively and take advantage of the skills and the knowledge of our larger urban forestry team as well as contributions from the public that is one of our uh, most valuable resources is going to be our public contribution. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the opportunities and challenges just so we can get a little more broader of a perspective for that. So um, there are a great many opportunities. And some of the opportunities, the reason that I want to present them as opportunities here is because we do have, you know, a, you know, a viable threat against our trees. And again, in this part, we want to be able to say, look, there are opportunities, there are some challenges to those opportunities, but overall, we do have a means to overcome anything. So in this case, one of the opportunities we have is a renewed commitment of our city leaders. Um, As parks commissioners, you have an opportunity that 500,000 other people in the city don't have, and that's direct access to your council member um, on a regular basis, uh, just because of your position and your advocacy that you have and the opportunity to do that. And again, I think every one of you, every one of that is here, our, all of our city leaders, I think intellectually really understand the, the tree canopy, its worth and its value. What we're hoping to spark is a little bit of emotional Um, reaction to that as well because again emotion is what drives a great deal so I could intellectually know a great deal about all the trees and everything that's going on but unless there's an emotion tied to that it's very hard to get sometimes things moving so we as a uh, as a division park maintenance are hoping that you would be able to go back to your uh, council member that uh, has appointed you and really bring this situation up to them Um, We need your support. We need their support. We need, of course, the people of Sacramento's support. We need to make this a sound and a ring in their ear that they constantly hear. So, again, renewed commitment of our city leaders is going to be one of our opportunities. The other is increased volunteerism. We have been blessed as a a park maintenance division with uh, a wonderful outpouring of volunteer effort in our tree plantings. Um, they are the backbone of our new tree plantings that are going into our parks and will continue to be. Um, the, the need to increase volunteerism is something that I know the department is looking at as a whole. In fact, there will be a presentation on volunteerism following my presentation that will cover that in much greater detail. Um, but again... Increasing the volunteerism is something that we can do to help overcome some of these issues and threats as as climate changes and uh, we look at new diversity and patterns and how we're going to install tree or plant new trees, so we want that. Um, And so there's a surprising statistic out there for volunteer, if you were to take a volunteer's effort and turn it into an hourly wage, it actually is about almost $38 I think is what it comes out to. So any hour of volunteer that we get really is equivalent to paying of an employee $38 an hour for their efforts. So we treasure that. We value that and we hope to increase and expand that and I do know that the department has a strong plan for that as you will see shortly. So uh, next are grants. One of the things that we find positive about trees is there is a lot of awareness about trees outside of Sacramento so we are benefited by the fact that there's a lot of people that recognize the importance of trees and are willing to find the motivation and the means within their own uh, uh, agencies to create grant opportunities for tree plantings that can be done also for tree care so we have a tremendous opportunity for that I also know that we have uh, you know, an awesome team here within the department that's going to be able to look at these grants, make assessments on the grants, and be able to use those to our advantage. So again, there is an opportunity out there because it is a well-known uh, item of concern, especially for protection of the climate, uh, which is trees. Lastly is education. Um, you know, we, again, we live with trees every day. Um, We, some of us, know a great deal about trees just because that is our chosen profession or what we've done in our life's experience. Um, But again, there are a great many things that I think people don't really know about trees. I mean, I think we can go and agree that most people know about the environmental benefits of trees. But there's actually economic benefits to trees. Um, the studies that have come out have said that the trees within the United States contribute over $18 billion to the value of our uh, economy. Just And not trees that are being cut down. Let me make sure that that's, they, they are the trees that are still there. We didn't sell $18 billion worth of lumber, so no. But the trees do contribute to that. Trees are a factor in the value of our homes, our homes are often maybe not perceived in a sense by potential buyers or others that look at a neighborhood for to live in as being something very specific they're looking for, but it is a very uh, a positive effect on them. Also, revenue generation in small businesses. Surprisingly enough, that is a huge link um, that can be proven, and that is that People are more inclined to visit small businesses, to go in, to stay in those areas, to visit other small businesses in the immediate area just because the environment's inviting. So again, there are things that we may not think about other than just the environmental benefits. There are those economic benefits. And there are the interpersonal benefits. Trees have a positive effect on our overall mental well-being. Um, it is surprising. It may not be uh, readily apparent, but when you're around trees, you're within trees, sometimes there, you even have a special tree that you've grown up with, played on as a, as a kid and all those things, there is a proven connection with positive mental effects of having trees. So there are a couple challenges. Uh, and again, the reason I want to talk about the challenges is because I want to kind of give a roadmap to say to each of you and to anyone who's listening here in the the audience, how do we get to a better place um, to actually end up protecting our tree canopy um, because it is such a precious thing? So again, our city leaders, there are competing priorities. We know that. Um, We are facing that right now as a city. That is something that is happening at our city council meetings. And so the reason that um, I think renewing the commitment of city leaders and communicating to them that there are actual threats is, is important that they understand that this piece, again, intellectually, they've got it. But we want to get them that emotional connection to what that tree really means outside. All of these trees are out outside. And again, there's competing priorities. There's always gonna be someone asking for more funding, but, trees are important so let's make sure we continue to advocate that volunteerism again, in a similar vein there are competing priorities i mean we do a lot of things in our lives that are not necessarily uh, volunteer for our own recreation we go on vacation to places we do things uh, for fun we don't volunteer all the time but having all of those other opportunities gives us the opportunity to to volunteer. So again, when we look at volunteerism, we want to broaden the net uh, to increase the number of volunteers in as, in as much as possible. Because again, we can't always continue to rely on the same group. Because that same small group may have other things they want to do with their children, with their lives, with, you know, their family and, and loved ones. So. We know there's priorities when we're putting out the call for please help us plant trees, but we've had a resounding response, and so we are excited to um, continue that, but we recognize that. That's why we're out there talking about increasing the priorities. Uh, Grants. Um, One of the things that is particularly important uh, in managing our grants is that there is often matching funding that is a requirement. Um, there aren't too many people that hold up a big wad of money and say here I'll give it to you for free to go do something they'll want something tied to it and sometimes that is matching funds uh, one of the things that we struggle with in park maintenance is often those grants are one time they'll get a something that will be very beautiful they will get us something very valuable but there really isn't an endowment for the continued maintenance of that so Again, when we do look at grant opportunities as a department, they are gonna be thoughtfully looked at and we would take uh, every opportunity that I know is out there that makes sense for the department and for our overall mission, so. Uh, Education, Uh, getting that message out there, there is a lot to getting the message out there. That's why we're here at this podium talking about this. We, are, we know we're talking to the right people. When I look at this group, I know I'm talking to the right people who are going to help get out the message. And getting out the message is a tough thing. It's one of those things that we have to keep doing over and over and over again. You know, we can't do it some of the time. We can't do it part of the time. We can't do it half the time or most of the time we should be doing it all the time. Uh, and again, I don't see a gentleman here that was been with us in the past, but I can guarantee you his getting out the message has been something that you probably have kept in your memory very well. Um, I know that you have kept in mind that one bite will change your life. So again, that is exactly it. you got to keep saying it, and God bless for for those efforts. so what I wanna leave with is, I, I don't wanna necessarily call it this, I mean, a solution's a good word, but I think what's important here is that um, this is what we need. We need from this commission, we need from the audience of people that are here listening, and a broader audience uh, outside of these chambers, and that is, we need advocacy. We need advocacy at multiple levels. And so I, you know, I have a, a saying, it says, advocacy overcomes inertia. Um, now that's maybe not a little necessary intuitive, so I did come up with a little demonstration to show you what I mean by that. So this is a pencil, so if I put this pencil here, it doesn't want to move. It, I could talk nice to it, I could give it a very good reason to say, hey, go to the end of this table here doesn't mean it's going to do it. In fact, it's purposely designed with six flat sides not to roll easily. And so advocacy is that point where I can break the natural state of this pencil and push it to somewhere to where I want it to be. And I can keep pushing it. And keep that is what is advocacy overcoming inertia. Inertia is just simply the the stage of things wanting to just stay as they are. Um, But again, advocacy is what's gonna overcome any inertia that's out there, and again, we need you all to do it. So um, again, I know this was a little different of a presentation, but we wanted to give you the real strengths, weaknesses, threats, kind of a SWOT analysis, because we need you as commissioners to get out there and help us, so. um, With that, um, I will, Conclude and open it up for questions, so please
1: Thank you clerk, do we have any public questions for this dream team presentation that we've just witnessed that was so fantastic
0: Thank you chair. We have no speaker slips for this item
1: Wonderful. I'd like to remind people in the audience if you'd like to speak on this item that you need to come over and fill out a Speaker slip and then you can speak on this item. Do we have any members of the public who would like to speak on this item? That's it. So. Thank
5: you, sir. So, I guess while he's filling it out, did you want me to take some, I, to some questions or would you like to wait? Oh, no,
1: actually, I know that um, we also have e comments, I believe, for this item. Oh. So, you just stay right there.
5: Oh, I'm not going Okay. <laughs> I I'm appreciate it. To I'm here to advocate. So. I saw that.
4: All right, I could I could start with the e-comments here. I have a Isaac Gonzalez. Having not seen the presentation, I would just like to state that the condition of many of our trees in our parks show the evidence of the age of the trees, and I believe we, we need to have a robust plan to begin to cycle in new plantings now and these trees begin to as these trees begin to age out and die. H- having accessible green space in every community in Sacramento must be a priority of this government. Green space allows for activities and opportunities to promote health. This is especially evident in our underserved and disadvantaged communities. We are, we are the City of Trees. We must do our best uh, to be good keepers of these trees and the nickname. There's one. The other one I have on here is from Heather Fargo. I am writing the support of trees and shade in our parks. Parks aren't, aren't really parks in Sacramento without trees, which are critical to our comfort and quality of life. I am asking that you honor the first sentence of the tree maintenance within city parks and parkways section. PMD is responsible for the care and maintenance of all trees within the city park, parks and parkways. The city must take full responsibility for planting, watering, and maintaining trees in parks and not transfer full responsibility to volunteers as stated in the tree plantings paragraph. This is not being responsible. As commissioners, please ask staff to return with the proposed budget to fulfill this obligation so the citizens of Sacramento can ask the city council to fund it. If we are concerned about our quality of life, climate change mitigation, and fulfilling the responsibility of the city for our city parks, the city must fund planting of new trees and replacement plantings in our parks.
1: I believe you said there were three. And while you find that, we have a member of the
0: public who would like to speak on the side. Please. Yes, if we can please have Jeff come up.
7: Good evening, and thank you. My name is Jeff Solomon. I'm a resident of District 8, and I'm also the treasurer of a vol- totally volunteer nonprofit called the Meadowview Urban Tree Project. Our mission is to get more trees in the ground in South Sacramento and to educate our neighbors about the importance of trees. I really valued this uh, presentation because one of the things that uh, that the city can help with the with this is in the maintenance of and continuing maintenance of the parks. You you ed, you help educate our neighbors and our community members of what uh, how important trees are. When you go into a park and see the beautiful trees that are there, it it activates them to want to put trees on their properties, and in general, activates them to, for the interest in the trees. The comments that have been made already concerning um, long-term maintenance is, is very, very important. Um, I know when Sacramento was a, a smaller town in the early and mid-20th century. It was much easier to, to create a city of trees, but now that we're bigger, we really have to increase our investment so that the entire region of Sacramento looks as beautiful as some of the regions that were benefited during those years. And that's, of course, one of those is South Sacramento, there are others as well. And I'm looking forward to, to a time where I won't be here because it takes a long time. But I'm hopeful that that mission, that you'll be able to help with that mission in general. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for your comments.
4: All right, we have two more e-comments here. Uh, we have Ray Trethaway I believe it must have been very difficult for the Parks Arborist and Management Team to forward to the Parks and Community Enrichment Commission their recommendation to stop planting trees throughout our beloved city parks. It is difficult for me to understand the City of Trees will no longer be funding tree plantings in city parks. I think of the city pride and great legacy of our beautiful and shaded parks being disbanded. I think of the Parks Department... the the parks department role to meet the city's adopted climate action plan goal to rapidly increase tree tree canopy, especially in under-resourced neighborhoods. I think of the magnitude of youth and adult recreational teams that use our city parks, whose fields are unshaded, exposing the participants, as well as supporters to high risk risk of, of contract skin cancer, and to as well a higher exposure to incidents of heat stroke and dehydration. I believe the planting and care of new park trees must be uninterrupted, commitment in order for this generation and the next to fully benefit from the many services and benefits occurred, accrued from shaded parks. My hope is that the commission is for the commission to embrace the link between planting of new park trees to the health and well-being of our park users and the quality of life and environmental health to all of our neighborhoods. Thank you for your consideration. And then our last one is Steve S. I'm saddened to see the budget is so limited. Parks are no longer planting trees without citizen volunteers organizing it. This stands in contrast to polling that shows natural areas, parks, and trails are the number one feature of our region that people want to invest in. What is the strategy to capitalize on how much we love trees, parks, and, and nature, and increase the investment? We need tree plantings, a natural areas program, and conversation to a more climate resilient system. Will the department work with eco friends of groups, and the commission to build a, consi- a, conti- a constituency that will advocate <laughs> funding to get the most out of the park system? I'm glad to support that and help recruit.
1: Well, thank you for reading this. And I believe that they were referencing the maintenance memo regarding trees. It sounds like to me when I heard line one and. Um, exclusive volunteerism Um, so maybe we can address that in our questions with the commissioners do i have any commissioners who wish to speak on this item commissioner rosso
8: hi thank you for the the report Um, i had a couple questions and curious if there was um some effort put into these areas but um one of the things i feel is missing from the the uh, report is an equity lens to this conversation. Um, if there's a disparity between certain neighborhoods and their park canopies and the maintenance that has gone into those. I, I don't expect you to have an answer instantly but I think that is something that I'm kind of interested to be able to hear more about uh, even in the future. Just as it, we wanna make sure that as money is tight and limited and everything else that we're not causing a disparity between neighborhoods based off of just a lack of maintenance in certain neighborhoods versus others. I'm not sure if you have already like considered that when looking at this, uh, uh, looking at this issue, but just want to hear your thoughts.
5: So yes, there is obviously a large focus on that, um, and I can't speak for the urban forestry team, but I can say um, we are benefited by parks because we do have you know a sizable density of trees that may be even more dense than what you would find in that surrounding neighborhood which is one of the great benefits of the trees. But, yes, there are obviously disparities. Um, I know that the city is looking at those in the urban forestry and their plan that they've put together. They have actually looked at the canopy um, very carefully from the very north to the south to the west to the east of the city, and they have uh, some, quanti- you know, some numbers to those effect. Again, for us in parks, um, we are blessed with already with a, a great deal of... Um, opportunity to have trees just because it was part of the park planning process. Um, But yes, there is that larger issue out there and I know that there is a dedicated group of people that are looking at it.
8: Perfect. Um, Thank you for that. And the other question I just have related to the um, staff report is uh, you mentioned the matching funds. Do we have an idea of how much money that we've left on the table so to speak because we didn't have accompanying matching funds?
5: I have not done those calculations. I've been with the city here just two years. Um, but I can say that every um, opportunity that I've had to be involved in those conversations, I've seen nothing but you know, tremendous effort to try and find that funding. Um, and again, but I don't have a quality or a, a number that I can give you. Maybe uh, Director Beecham can speak to uh, that is a larger sense, but again, Nope. Okay. So that is the end. So Okay. So we'll go okay. with my answer then. Very good.
8: I think to your point of advocacy and how we can push things, um, having that number is sometimes helpful just to be able to help quantify like how much is really being left on the table because we don't have those matching funds.
5: Absolutely. I, I, I you know, I absolutely agree. Every tool that we can give you because we are intimately involved, uh, with the trees within parks to continue to advocate, we're very happy to help and support. So, Perfect. absolutely.
8: Thank you so much.
1: Commissioner Ben.
9: Um, this this request might need to go in the log, but I'm curious, so we have a desire to recruit volunteers um, to plant trees, but then we have a lack of, like, a maintenance endowment. So for the trees that have already been planted by volunteers, um, are they currently being cared for is there staff to support them like is it worth investing in like another wave of volunteerism another tree planting if we're having a hard time maintaining what was already planted does that make sense
5: so yes I think I know exactly what you're talking about Um, there are um, optimal and then less than optimal plantings that, that can take place One of the things that we are very careful about in park maintenance is the timing and the location and the species selection. So what we are looking at, and again, I wouldn't consider it the most optimal situation uh, for a tree to to thrive into its maturity, but again, when we are looking at that, um, our arborist is selecting the appropriate species that would thrive in the area, Um, We are planting that where we do have uh, other irrigation opportunities that generally come from turf. So we are not planting trees in in an area that deliberately would be uh, water deficient. Um, And then on the third thing is we are planting these trees, again, it's not the most optimal time for folks, but we plant them in the late fall, winter months and not get into the hot months when we're planting those trees. Um, and again, I think the arbors can speak to the factor of dormancy and so forth, but obviously the less stress we give them at the very onset. So we are looking at multiple factors, and I think um, the, the success rate is, is actually outstanding in comparative to large numbers. Some trees will not survive due to shock, but again, is it the absolute optimal situation? No. Um, and but we are very careful and thoughtful about where we place trees and why we place trees and which trees we place. So it's not a a haphazard.
9: Perfect. So that being said, I think I'm more than willing to advocate, you know, in my D five meetings. And when I talk with council members, but between now and then knowing those like um, hot zones, as you said, you know, where you would ideally want to plant the trees um, would be helpful so that we can, tap into the community that surrounds those areas, um, because I imagine there's some that are probably more um, in need than others, um, especially uh, with the commissioner's point about the equity lens. So getting a map to tell us, like, hey, D5, there's one particular region where we really want to drive volunteerism. That would be a great site for 916 day, or for the fall, or whenever, um, so that we can make an informed request. Um, while we're garnering enthusiasm.
5: So uh, to kind of talk a a little bit about that so that um, there is a pathway to what what you're talking about. Again, the department, again, you'll hear more from the uh, presentation on volunteerism. We are looking to be the initiators of many of the volunteer efforts by looking at the opportunities, maybe not just with trees, but also where areas were deferred maintenance So we are going to be, part of the effort is, we're gonna be looking for these opportunities, and of course sharing them with the commission. But it won't be you know, just as everyone maybe wants to do a certain park or something like that. We're really gonna start looking at that. And again, that's been well uh, in discussions. And and again, I don't wanna take away anything from the other presentation, but I can assure you that that is the department's direction, is to make sure that when we're doing tree plantings, we're looking at it from an equity lens and an appropriate uh, lens of where we think it's going to be most successful.
10: Good evening. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Sean. Thank you, Jody, for the great presentation. I just want to add to that. I really appreciate your thoughtful comments um, because the overwhelming number of interest in supporting tree planting and efforts was the sort of impetus for reevaluating our volunteer program um, because we were receiving just such an overwhelming number of, community members that wanted to help plant trees, but not all tree plantings are created equal, right? There's a lot that needs to be considered um, into those efforts, and so by reorganizing and relaunching our volunteer program and having our wonderful arborist on board that can really focus those efforts and supporting making the most thoughtful decisions and where we're selecting and how to really utilize volunteers for that, because the truth is we do not have the funding to continue planting and maintenance, especially at the level that we're seeing the interest come. Um, so it's an opportunity for us to really you know, lean, lean in and utilize the support that we're getting from the community but make sure that it's strategic and where we're selecting locations, when we're coordinating plantings, make sure that we have the irrigation and, and the setup for them to thrive. Um, so you'll hear more, I think the timing of the presentations is really wonderful because you'll hear more about the volunteer program. And while the volunteer program um, is to support volunteer efforts across the entire department, it really started with trees. Um, so it's a great um, pairing of these presentations that you're hearing tonight, and there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, this is just the beginning, but um, I believe that with the rebrand of this program and the, the expertise and talent of our of our team, and recognizing the limited resources that we have, we can be much more thoughtful in how um, we make those decisions moving forward in the best way.
1: Mr. Herman.
11: Uh, I wanted to start off by thanking you, Mr. Aylesworth and Ms. Carlson. That was a wonderful presentation, and it's got my inertia going. Um, uh, the facts, the passion—it was—it was excellent, very, very well done, and super appreciated. Um, I wanted to follow up on what Commissioner Rosso was talking about in terms of the canopy and the park equity, and I think we have some sort of document where we talk about park equity and what facility things are there, and then perhaps maybe we could talk about tree canopy um, density in that um, document as well, and kind of uh, have, that, have a nice place for that to all be together. Um, other than that, I'm just excited to uh, push, push it forward. Uh, I can do a Facebook post tonight. Thank you very much.
1: Commissioner Liu.
8: Um. i was thank you for that report that was really good um the so when we're doing trees like that do we do they use the park the park master plan for planting you know the i know we're always talking about the equity part of it too but also what else goes into that besides the equity thing The, the locations and everything
5: So um, from a park planning perspective, we are very conscious of what the larger amenity plan that was designed at at the output. Um, So we look never to conflict with that, only to complement that. Especially when we're planting trees, we're finding that we're planting them in more passive recreation areas, so we're not necessarily taking away from any organized sports. But um, as far as the selection and planning of where they actually go. I will leave that to our city arbors.
6: In each park or in the No, just the in general, folder, your general philosophy. You know, a lot of it has to do with um, uh, the volunteers themselves. We'll have a group of volunteers step up and say, we want to plant in William Williamland Park, or we want to plant at you know, um, North St. Thomas Regional, or, or it starts with the, the council member. That's often the case, too. And that's usually where we decide. And then I go out and have a look at it and see where the opportunities for planting are. And where they're going to survive the best, but um, it's generally the locations are are driven by the volunteers or whoever's doing the project.
5: Well, not the individual, just to, uh, so the the placements within the park. So the park selection can be driven from the outside, but really the arborist creates the right. planting plan. Just just to be clear with that, so. Um, it is a very thoughtful plan, and of course we are blessed to have our own arborist dedicated to us. So um, we are planting thoughtfully. We obviously uh, share our plans with the park planning development team to make sure again there aren't any foreseeable uh, conflicts as well. So we do have that kind of marriage uh, within our department, within our uh, 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 um, our allied divisions.
6: But we take ideas from anybody. About where to, what to, sure. what parks to plant in. I think when we get our Sacramento Urban Forest Plan completed, we'll have a much better idea of where the needs are, and that's when we can start driving the location for planting. And that's going to be really important. Um, and also the uh, Urban Forest Management Plan is something we're going to have to create once that Urban Forest, um, the Sacramento Urban Forest Plan is done. We'll need an updated tree inventory,
5: which is something we're going to have to advocate for soon too. So again, just to, that uh, disclaimer. So what she's talking about is actually the urban forestry department, which is doing something a lot more comprehensive for their entire realm of responsibility. So. We are not developing anything separate from that, so it would follow in sync that we would use their expertise to help guide our internal decisions.
8: So when that plan is finished, then we could kind of take the parks part of it and kind of go over it and see what we It will
5: include a section in parks. I do know that because I've contributed to that. I do not know the timeline for that when it's finally completed, but it is a guiding tool to help us um, and again, um, our arborist actually is with the Urban Forestry Department, so there is that connection and that linkage that we will make sure that again it makes perfect sense with what the greater plan is. All
8: right. Thank you.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: I just want a point of clarity before I call on the next commissioner. Are you saying that the upcoming Urban Forest Master Plan is going to include all park trees that so we're going to be adding those into the plan?
6: What I was reading is it does include those in that it's now called the Sacramento Urban Forest Plan and it is included in that. What we're going to have to do once that's completed is develop a parks urban forest maintenance plan or tree management plan. That's, that will help us with um, figuring out where to plant exactly. That's going to be a big step though. Right now, I can run around and look at all the parks and do a windshield assessment and have an idea of what should go where, but there's a lot of parks, as you all know, and it's a huge job, and there's a lot of other demands. But um, that's, that's kind of how it goes. We've been waiting for the approval of the 2040 general plan to move forward with the Sacramento Urban Forest Plan, and that's the next step once that is approved, then that's the time that we really need to focus on creating a parks, urban forest management plan.
1: So, What would the timeline be for us to have a map that has all of our current park trees in it?
6: Um, an inventory or, uh, well, we have an inventory now. It's dated though and it's not been maintained well. Um, we, funding is a big part of it, and Kevin Hocker would be able to answer that a lot better than I can. I can, so I don't really want to even step on that at all, put my toe in it even. Um, but that, that's an important part of coming up with an overall plan of really where we need to put these trees, is to start with an assessment of what we have. We've got um, aerial imagery, and we have a very dated inventory, and, you know, these numbers were taken from that. It's the best we can do right now, but an update is sorely needed.
1: Just to put your foot adjacent and not your toe in there, how dated is the current inventory we have for parks?
6: Fifteen years.
5: Well, I think that's overall, correct, for the entire Yes,
6: for all of it, yeah. The whole so city. she is speaking
5: about the overall plan? Urban forestry yeah. and parks. So I'm sorry, it's, it's hard to separate because she works for a different department that kind of MELD IT ALL TOGETHER SO IT MAKES SENSE, BUT, YES.
1: COMMISSIONER FLORES.
12: <clears throat> THANK YOU, CHAIR. Um, SEAN, YOU ARE CORRECT. Uh, THIS IS A DIFFERENT TYPE OF PRESENTATION. I THINK IN YOUR TENURE, I DON'T THINK we, THE COMMISSION HAS RECEIVED AN ITEM LIKE THIS. GOING BACK TO Raymond's uh, uh, ITEM FROM EARLIER uh, ON THE CALENDAR, YOU KNOW, THIS TREE ITEM IS, uh, is UNIQUE. SO I JUST WANT TO RECOGNIZE THAT PART. Um, and then you also, because this was a unique item, you verbalized some of our life as a commissioner, right? Like some of the charge that we are supposed to be doing out in the community is to have that volunteerism, that education uh, confer with a, our appointed uh, elected official or a or body, right? Um, You you spoke of it from your perspective, the exact flip side of the coin we do it at, or at least I I perceive what most of us do here. Um, So it was very interesting to hear it from staff's perspective, but but I think that's why our events work so well because we're all on the same wavelength, right? There's a goal from the the Yipsy end, and then there's a goal from the volunteer as commissioner and to rally the troops, so to speak, Uh, recognizing that the like in your your chart of opportunities you know there are competing priorities out there like it, it can be a saturday where it's raining right like somebody may not want to go out there but you know there's 10 trees to plant still like so how do you motivate even on the best of conditions yet there's a rainstorm coming so i know like i sent emails it's like rain or shine, you know, we'll be out there for an hour. So, you know, we'll put a tree in really quick and so you can go, so you're not soaked, right? Like you have to almost do everything to keep that high motivation up because I can snuggle in a warm fire on a Saturday, right? You know, so so thank you for verbalizing it because I think, you know, that's, you know, I've literally had coffee chats in my district going to Jody's point you just made where there are over 200 parks right and you are still assessing the matrix of the park trees alone that's over 200 or 25k right and a a neighbor says hey there's a tree right over there that just doesn't look right and I told her and I I emailed you director I was like you don't and I told the told the neighbor about you Jody I was like she doesn't know where to look unless you know where to look right like there's there's 25k right like you can't you can't get to the tree on your own unless it's like hey at this corner take take a look so um again like just having those coffee chats with neighbors and say hey that tree just doesn't look right can a professional look at it and I was like hey Jody uh can you Uh, I know you have a lot to do so maybe one of these days you can get to it um and um but at least we can identify where to look so you know again going to um rallying the troops and having the neighbors then sending that email saying hey no the the, the arborist did take a look at it after our coffee chat so so they get validated in that sense and then they're they're so happy right like then that goes back to the volunteerism like you you do the micro steps that builds and builds and builds and um And so I see that as what a commissioner does, right? Not necessarily sitting up here for a few hours once a month. It's like, no, it's those coffee chats, it's those emails, working with staff and improving neighbors' lives. Um, And one thing, and before I pass on the mic, Sean, again, with this being a unique conversation, you said the economic benefit, right? I wrote this down. Professionally, I'm in workforce development, and I know, working with trees one has to have a certain skill set right like it's just not just looking at a tree and how do you remediate that it's a set of skills one has to upskill and get certifications on and if you're on the right union then that's a you know it's a really good it's a really good job so you for you to say that and then knowing i i tried to link the the targeted communities i'm trying to put into uh, into life-changing union jobs um you know sometimes uh these climate green jobs that you know we're trying to espouse you know sometimes people overlook the ccc mm-hmm. and 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 some of these um remediation efforts so no i just want to recognize like yeah this item was a little different and i don't think we've had one in the relative in the pandemic era and i know in your term i don't think this is like probably one of the first times. so i just want to recognize that and uh looking forward to rallying the troops, looking forward to, it's not just the tree planting, but what other items we can do out in our districts uh, with the equity lens, right? It's not just trees. What else can we improve the lives of the citizens? Given the resources we do have and given the locations in the cities, um, that's gonna be a challenge, but it's gonna be an interesting, creative way to impact our city. So thank you.
1: Commissioner Lewis, your hand still raised. Thank you. Vice Chair Gaines.
3: Thank you. Um, Thank you guys so much. Um, I don't care what the water tower says. This is the city of trees, (laughs) so um, this is very important as we see from the comments. Um, And I think, you know, we're all on the same page about how important the trees are in the city, and it's just figuring out a way um, to navigate with competing priorities and lack of funding, you know, what that looks like. Um, So I just want to reiterate uh, reiterate what Commissioner Boone said about How we choose parks and choose plantings. Um, I represent District Eight. We're just working. We're we're a working class neighborhood. We're just doing our thing, living our lives. And so, I would hate 20 years from now to see Sacramento be the way it is. Like when we look around our city, we have neighbors, neighborhoods that have tons of trees, tons of old trees, these just beautiful canopies, and ones that don't. And we know that is because of advocacy. It's who who was making the decisions, who was fighting for their neighborhoods. And some of us are just Working to raise our children, and we don't have time to come down to City Hall and fight So we all have to fight for for our neighbors Um, So it's just super important that we look at that and that yes people are going to step up And I was looking flipping through the form like oh, I want a tree planting Um, But recognizing if there are places that need that that we're the ones leading the way for all of those districts who might not be able to Fill out that form or ask for it that, that we're keeping that top of mind Um. And then also, um, you guys know, I have a marketing background. And so I think um, when we talk about this being like volunteer-led, the volunteer events that I've been at, Sean, you have been at. And so I think bringing some clarity around that, that it's not just that we're going to dump some trees and you better bring in a shovel and put them in yourselves, but that it's a partnership with volunteers and city staff that the trees are provided, the tools are provided, things are happening we have an arborist who's like laying out this plan that there's a lot of work the city is doing and the volunteers were really like kind of coming and doing that final step and it is an hour that we're asking I think that would um, shed some light so if someone in the marketing team can like make me a one-pager I think that would really help Um, just demystify what this looks like when we talk about this being a volunteer led effort Um, because your team is always there Oh yes, yes,
5: thank you very much.
3: Um, right. So yeah, I just think clarity around that would be helpful. Can I uh, interrupt you, of course,
1: thank you. Um, can you provide clarity right now about exclusively volunteer requested plantings means in the maintenance memo that was addressed in the e-comments?
5: So what I mean by exclusively volunteer is is that for every tree planting event, um, and again, to make it a successful event we do ask for volunteers. I mean, we can plant one-off trees, um, but any plantings that are of uh, multiple trees, um, we do re- help, uh, you know, we do rely on that help for volunteers to come out and, and do those final stages. So again, it's, it's when we say exclusively, it's exclusively to the point that what we're saying is is that we as a, uh, as a division, we, can't, we don't have the resources to host, and our own internal uh, sizable tree plantings. We can definitely do a lot, but when we're looking at large, organized uh, tree planting events where we're doing you know, five, 10, 15, 20, uh, I think we did 40 trees one time, um, it's, that's just uh, a, a situation where the volunteerism is, is a key factor. Mm-hmm.
3: Thank you. So, and I just think, um, like, having your raises guidance of what that looks like, because I might think a park needs trees, and you're like, actually, like, it doesn't. And here's why, you know, I don't know. Um, well, so, I think having that is super helpful and will be helpful as we go to advocate. Um, also, I recognize um, and I appreciate what you said about nurturing young trees and how important that is. And so, I want to make sure as we are advocating for new plantings that we're not forgetting about last year's trees Um, and as we advocate for more budget you guys know I'm like a very like plain language just Mm -hmm. give it to me lady Um, and so I don't I don't know if we can get this specific um, but as we like start looking at the budget and talking about that it would really help me if I can say hey city council you gave this much to parks we can do six plantings this year Mm-hmm. And there's eight districts, so you, got, you guys either have to give us more money or what that looked like to have that like um, way to speak about it in dollars and cents to advocate for more would be really helpful as we kind of go through the budget, just to say, hey, this is, this is what it costs because if we have $100,000, 95 of that has to go to maintain these trees, so now we get to plant 12 trees, everybody. Like, and then we can really start advocating if it's a little bit more plain.
5: Well, I think you've approached the the perfect time to have that discussion and that thoughtful planning. So, I'm sure that will be part of the conversation as the director uh, works on the budget with uh, the city manager. So,
3: thank
1: you. Well, thank you. And to address the e-comments and the maintenance memo about our tree care, it explicitly states that the parks department will plant trees upon request of volunteers and have the arborist aid in that effort. Mm-hmm. So just to play devil's advocate, are we saying that if nobody volunteers to lead a volunteer effort, the Parks Department does not have plans to plant their own trees?
5: So we do not have uh, an abundance of resources to plant our own trees. But to go in a little bit uh, back to what you said about no one ever wanting to volunteer, um, we haven't Mm -hmm. experienced that. So again, it's a hypothetical that that it's hard for me to answer because I've never experienced a lack of outpouring of support in planting trees here in the city. So, the you know, again, to say that if there was a time that that could happen, that's a hypothetical, and I have yet to see it happen. I, I just see tremendous effort and, and thoughtfulness and, you know, camaraderie, you know, with folks to, to do the tree planting. So we haven't come across that. And I don't ever believe we will have to come across that. I just see way too much positive in the people in Sacramento.
1: We have a lot of positive tree planters in Sacramento. Um, Before I go forward, um, because I do want to ask another question. Actually, I want to ask a few more questions, so stay right there. Um, Just let me back up and say, fantastic presentation. It was very engaging. I liked the demonstration. I I agree that. Oh, Oh, the pencil. Yes, don't forget your pencil, friend. Um, thank Doesn't you so much. does have a mind of its own, by <laughs> the way. I really appreciate you prefacing, you know, we need your emotion. This is our strategy. Um, being very clear and direct, bless you. And um, for showing us the... Um, the pests for showing us the barriers for, uh, I really would like for us to do a deeper dive into what those barriers literally are, because I believe the relationships that most of us have with our city council member, um, they, they ask for data, they ask for numbers. You know, my city council uh, representative sits on the cardboard. So I have to come with some data. Um, You know, we both got our shoes muddy last weekend, planting trees together, but not in a park. Um, So thank you for the presentation. Mrs. Carlson, thank you so much for being here. You are a decorated, decorated expert in the field. And I don't know if anybody knows that here, but I want to make sure that I say it loud and clear that I know your qualifications. I can't even believe that we can afford you. Um, I am grateful that you put up with us, and I want to make it clear that being a tree doctor for over 230 campuses, each of which has their own number of trees, is kind of like saying we have a doctor for Sutter Health who has this many campuses, and each tree is a patient. So I want to make that clear, of how desperately we need more of Jody Carlson, okay? And we are blessed to have the best of the best. Absolutely. That said, thank you for all the hard work you're doing and the clear understanding and passion of, of the desperate need that we have. But I want to revisit this idea that it might be okay that we just rely upon volunteer request, Because as we saw play out over the last planting season, our plantings were in Land Park, McKinley Park, Marriott Park. I don't know if there was another park. If there was, I missed it. But this is exactly the equity issue that we're speaking about. That people who had time, people who were passionate about trees and people who wanted trees were granted tree plantings in parks that already have quite a few trees and in fact a nature area which is very lucky to have so what happened to our parks that didn't have people who had the time or capability to volunteer because they are just living their lives or meeting the day-to-day so I just want to make that clear that while it might be a hypothetical it did play out that our volunteers did not request tree plantings in districts that maybe have fewer trees
5: um, and again I would have to go back and look at the records but I could definitely think of opportunities at tree plantings that I've been to that weren't on, on, on your list so again I th- again I but I can't quantify those I don't have them right off the top of my head but I can definitely know we've partnered with quite a few um, outside of those parks that you mentioned we do have a lot of demand for those and for the very same reasons that you uh, described um, and I think the department knows that and I think that's why the department has worked so hard to Create and final and put together a program a volunteer program that says we can go to this park that maybe no one is advocating for and bring resources from other areas into this park into an area that may have not been one of those you know one of the lists that that you give so there is nothing but uh, again acknowledgement of that and a a team that is working to solve that so i think that's what's important is again we see it we understand it we're looking to solve it love it and is that team in the parks department that team would be the entire uh, department itself yipsy i I cannot stand here alone and say that i can do it i see tremendous uh, cooperation and effort from parks planning from our recreation teams, from all of our teams that are all working together in support of that. So again, our leadership is keenly aware of those imbalances and is thoroughly engaged in making sure that those things are addressed to the best of our capabilities. Um, And capabilities is our, why we're here advocating, by the way, because we want more capabilities, so.
1: Absolutely. Where
10: are you going for that? I, I just, thank you, Sean, um, great explanation. It goes back to what I was explaining to Commissioner Boone earlier um, around how we're refocusing. Something we recognized is that our volunteer efforts are heavily driven by volunteers approaching us and saying they want to focus on a specific park or a specific project. By doing these assessments, having that clear landscape of where our needs are, and not just with trees. Again, the impetus was trees. It started with trees, and that was ding, ding, ding. Let's start talking about this. Um, but then we realized, okay, we're identifying locations for a 916 day. Let's look at our deferred maintenance list. Let's see where our most significant needs are and where we can really leverage the support and that energy from the community where it's needed the most. That goes back this, to these efforts here. You'll hear more about the volunteer program in a moment. So that we can say, here are where our biggest needs are. Here's where we really are looking for the community to support in these efforts. Um, so we can focus on some of those more under-resourced areas that need it the most. That is our ultimate goal. We recognize it, like Sean said. Um, It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a year. But we're launching this program now and are hopeful that in a year we'll have some positive metrics that we can report back on and and some successes and how this really helped us to deliver on that.
1: So the volunteer program will choose parks to plant at? It won't wait for volunteers to request locations?
10: It will do both. So if we have volunteers that approach us and they're organized, um, they'll work closely with park maintenance staff and with Jody and her expertise to identify the right kind of plantings, if it's a good qualifying area or location for our planting, the types of trees to have, but we will also be able to identify, use these tools that will become available to us um, to, and mapping to identify the appropriate location so that we can go out and solicit. I'll use the example of the McKinley Rose Garden. When we took back over the maintenance of that Rose Garden a year ago, it didn't come with the resources that I had the 10 years prior to that. So that really took our team going out into the community to leverage that community support. That was really the start also um, for some of these conversations around organizing those efforts. We've had conversations with the park maintenance team about some of the areas that they need some additional focus and help and work in. So those would be the types of projects that we would move forward through the volunteer program.
1: Great. So the locations we choose to plant trees through so the volunteer program will be funded through volunteer program?
10: That is, They, they would... Uh, functions similarly to how the, how they currently do with other groups we would just be initiating those efforts and using our volunteer program to um, leverage those volunteers put together a group of volunteers that would be interested in supporting a project like that.
1: Thank you so much for explaining the emotional economic and also you um, ex- clearly explained the environmental benefits of trees those were all well explained can you please explain to us the public health benefits of having tree canopy in your local park in your neighborhood? You can do that, Victoria. <laughs> I think she's us, like us to do that.
6: I know she does, but I think she, can, she knows all those things. Um, they're endless. Uh, you know, building community, you've already said, uh, being with people is a health benefit. I mean, we all know that. Um, there are studies that that prove people in hospitals who have a view of trees to look at heal faster and have shorter hospital stays. Um, Give me some help here. I don't think quickly. Yeah, (laughs) let me be
1: more clear. Um, When you ask us and everyone listening at home to rally with their city council member to drive budget towards our park so that our volunteers can plant trees with us, What are some other reasons that would be important? What is a public health benefit that a neighborhood would have more trees, would suffer or not suffer, like what's a public health ailment?
6: Um, Cooling, cleaner air, cooler air, wherever there's a cluster of trees, the temperature is lower, Um, heat island effect, Um, (laughs) asthma, Thank you. Uh,
1: Yeah, you know, and I think that we mentioned all those benefits, but we forgot to mention how people are literally healthier when they have trees in their neighborhood and how here in Sacramento, all the neighborhoods that we planted trees in that I remember, and forgive me if there's some that I missed in other neighborhoods, because the other neighborhoods I'm hoping that we're planting in, they have higher rates of asthma. We have a representative here tonight from Meadowview Urban Tree Project who's, you know, run the numbers, and it's staggering the number of public health Ailments that we have in our neighborhoods that have fewer trees, and so when you live in a neighborhood that has fewer trees, and the park is your free, accessible green space for you to go and enjoy, but you have fewer trees because maybe the irrigation isn't there. So we decided not to plant there instead of going out and finding the money to put in the irrigation to plant the trees there, which I know we've experienced over and over again in Meadowview. Then we have we continue that inequity. So to come commis- to Vice Chair. Gaines's point, in 20 years, you know, if we're not starting to plant in those places today, we're going to continue to see the Sacramento that we have now. And the City of Trees is not a nickname. As our former chair, Lavelle, taught me, that is actually our official city designation is the City of Trees. It's not just a nickname. So we literally are the City of Trees. Don't let the water tower fool you. Um, So other things that we would need to... Advocate to our city council members for would be you showed us these three pests What are we currently doing to try to monitor the pest threats and what would you need to continue to do that work?
6: You know, it's it's tough. I had that conversation with Kevin Hawker today really we have to just wait until we see it We I know from friends in the the industry in different Cities that it has shown up. We really can't do anything until we see it here and then the most efficient way to handle it is to remove the trees So we are going to need a bigger budget for tree removal Um, we can do treatments for the mediterranean oak borer it's best done on the very important trees high-value trees we could never afford to do it on all of them but i think there are some really important trees in the city that do need to be treated preventatively Um, you can slow it down by doing different things But really it it's it's kind of the way we have to handle it is to remove it when we see it and it's that's the most efficient Um, it's going to really require more than the maintenance budget we have right now though for tree removals a lot more
1: I would imagine um, because I think our tree removal budget is emergency based it's not really proactive but it's more of an uh, as-they-die situation
5: we we do uh, we do have a budget every year that we do work in proactive grid pruning. Um, however, we do end up with a lot of that being spent on emergency removals. Again, it's reflective of the age uh, of the canopy that's within the park. So we do see that, um, and that's a that's a reality. And the reason that you know I came with this presentation, or Jody and I came with this presentation, and the reason why I said advocate is. Is that there are more tools that we could use within park maintenance without a doubt I alone cannot um, be the only advocate Um, and I need that's why I'm here is asking for more advocacy Um, and then hopefully more people will listen to this or view this and it will generate their own Advocacy and everything. I don't think the city has the capability in any capacity to solve all of the problems all by itself I think we have again a million trees in this city city of trees we are city, you know, we are community and We live in a community of trees. So the community participation is huge and it should not be diminished and I think it is an important part of the success of any of our initiatives that we're trying to do within parks or in the greater urban forest plan so again we're here to motivate and educate and to get you know these things on the table and thinking because i cannot solve the problems by myself uh, unfortunately Um, i would if i could but i can't so i'm here to say hey we got a problem we got an issue we can solve it. We're a community. We can solve it if we really want to solve it. But we have to start getting that inertia overcome. Someone's got to move the pencil. And unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, I'm a big guy, but I can't move all the pencils around in the city, so.
1: Well, we don't want to make any more pencils by cutting down yeah. any more trees. So let me get back to our three pests. You said if it's identified, we have a budget to remove tree. We can do proactive and we can protect trees. However, being the one doctor we have in our, our system, mm-hmm. how do we identify the pests? What do you need to, identi- to visibly check trees and find out when these borers get here? Is this our maintenance workers who are in the trees, uh, in the parks mowing every week? Is this a volunteer program who's identifying pests? What would it take to make sure that, or to identify when these pests arrive in our parks?
5: So I'll talk about the kind of the broader picture, the non-technical. Um, so, yeah, our, our folks are trained in basic tree assessment. But, again, when we saw the presentation or when we, the presentation was given, you're talking about organisms that the size of a grain of rice. Uh, and, again, it's going to require the tremendous amount of effort to look at every tree that's out there. Can we do that successfully as a city? Over 100,000 trees? Um, There's no way we could hire that many. I mean, if you think, just do the math, 100,000 visits to a tree multiple times a year. But we can definitely get closer to that with advocacy. And we can definitely partner with community members with advocacy. And that's how we educate them, you know, by presentations like this. So again, there is no magic number. Yeah, I would love 10 more arborists. But I am here to do what I can with the resources I have and to advocate for more resources or to actually not advocate because it's not my position to advocate, but my position to hopefully get someone else to advocate um, their council member so. But again, yeah. Advocation that's
1: what we need, okay. Wonderful. Um, and you have advocates in us, Mr. Aylesworth. You do. Oh, perhaps. I know that that's or why, that's why do. we're here. Good. Um, so let me put it to you this way we mentioned the uh Save the Elms program with Sacramento Tree Pro with the Sacramento Tree Foundation, which is a like citizen science re science re. Oh, I just made up a word, I like it. Science um, a citizen science program, right, where they are, lear- they learn how to identify what is an elm tree. They have trees assigned to them, and then they check on those trees regularly, right? So if we do have this wonderful volunteer base that's ready to go out there and do it, maybe that is a- an excellent program that we would run, right? These are the three signs of these three pests. And these are your assigned trees. We already have them identified, except for the ones that were planted in the last 15 years, which hopefully we could easily identify. uh, Once they're learning how to identify a certain set of trees, maybe each pest could have its own program of citizen scientists to go out and help you with that. Because I know other cities must do it, right? And we know that it's contagious, Dutch elm disease, and that it spreads, which is, you know, why we are more thoughtful in our plantings. So I would suggest that maybe to help with the pests.
5: Well, definitely. Uh, And again, when we're talking about numbers, just to kind of put things in perspective, if we're talking over a million trees, um, that's way beyond what the city cares for. We care for, as a city, maybe one-tenth, and you get down even farther than that to maybe, you know, one. 25th of that number of a million so um, again if we had can use this forum to help others who have trees in their own yards and their own you know areas that they can take this information and hopefully be energized by this presentation and again so there's this is not a a city solved or solved by city staff. It's solved by community working together. So
1: excellent. So I think in parks last count twenty five thousand, so I know that Chair lavelle planted like three hundred. I've got him running for his money. Right here, Commissioner Flores is right behind, so I know there's a lot more than twenty five thousand parks trees, just so we're clear. Okay. You said that you recommend um, more age diversity. How do we achieve that, Mrs. Carlson?
6: to first know what we have um and then we need to just start planting where we're lacking in age diversity it's difficult it's well it's it's more easy in the newer parks where all the trees are young we can plant a few every year all right
1: can you just go right between the microphones thank you sure
6: in the newer parks it's easier because we can continue planting periodically so that we have that age diversity in the older parks it's tough we have a lot of catching up to do and that's all i can say is there's a lot of catching up to do. We have a lot of old tre- old parks with old trees.
1: Correct. And that life cycle, it ends, right? Yep. Wonderful. Yep. Thank you. Um, all right. So the renewed commitment in volunteerism. Um, in explaining these conversations we're going to have with our city council members, telling them we need to keep planting to continue our age diversity. We have a new volunteer program that's going to help us to identify those parks that currently need tree planting as opposed to simply satiating the requests of volunteers who have the time to volunteer to work on equity. You said that we have a a team of people here who are working and dedicated to work on equity in parks. Um, I want to address the match conversation and actually we have three commissioners who wish they could be here tonight um, but through illness and traffic and accidents they aren't. Um, I am asked to read a question for one which I will do um, because it kind of ties into something that i also wanted to ask what grants does has the department applied for to support urban canopy development she would like a list and to know whether or not commissioners can apply for grants on behalf of the city she would like to know if we are getting any of this money and she's referring to the ira usda um, 100 million plant trees initiative by uh, president biden she says, to be clear, will the city or through partnerships supply trees and materials if commissioners supply the volunteers, planning, and promotion?
5: That's actually a pretty detailed question, and I would like to give a, some opportunity to answer that, probably not here at the microphone, just because it, it needs a thoughtful answer. You know, And again, I don't have those numbers off the top of my head about which ones and all the opportunities, but I know there is... A commitment in the department to do the you know what it can with the resources it has but yes we can definitely have that as a, an item that we can bring back for discussion on the log or wherever it's most appropriate. Yeah
10: we can add that to the log but we also already are per um, the commission's um, request at the last meeting we did add an an agenda item on um, grant um, opportunities and that we'll be, we will be reporting back on department-wide.
1: Perfect. And do we know if commissioners can aid in writing grants?
10: They can certainly support staff if there's an opportunity for a grant that a commissioner has identified and share it with staff. We can absolutely strategize together and see how we can partner in, in leveraging that expertise to help us secure more funding. Well,
1: thank you. And get well soon, Commissioner Kangas. Um, You mentioned that we had a pretty healthy success rate, Um, and one of the questions that I asked when I asked this presentation to come was how many trees died from our last planting season. So have we calculated a mortality rate for our recently planted trees?
5: So we have calculated a a rate, and again, how many trees did we, I know Jody has the calculation how many trees were planted. But I think the failure rate was probably less than uh, 7%, which is what we've been targeting. So yes, there will be failures. Um, we, we recognize that, but I don't think that ever takes away from what the effort um, has accomplished, in fact, and what is achieved um, in these plantings. So, again, it's a small number, and if a, there was a quantifiable number, I think, what was the...
6: The number of trees planted in 2022 was 314. In 2023, it was 247, mm-hmm. and in 2024, we planted 53. Mm-hmm. I don't have a number of failures, though.
5: And again, when we calculate failures, we're also calculating or discussing those that are unfortunately uh, vandalized. We do see that as a much more um, larger issue for what is actually not surviving is the vandalism. Um, Again, because there are thoughtful uh, times and places and where we plant the trees and which trees are planted. But we do have, um, you know, individuals that you know take the little opportunity to break a stem um, and again so that that would be the I would say that as a percentage I think we uh, anecdotally know that uh, as the percentage of trees that don't survive a lot of them are vandalized and we can definitely come up with examples in all parts of the city regardless.
1: Mm-hmm. That'd be great. I would still like to see that number of which trees are still standing from the last planting season at least um, and obviously vandalism is always going to be an issue but if that is the number one cause then there are different staking methods there's fencing there's a lot of things that we can do to protect trees going forward. Um, I know that lack of watering is a large issue. I mean if we look at Granite Regional Park which I harp on every single time that we mm-hmm. meet where we planted 33 trees together and a small fraction of fraction of them are alive. Um, We put it through the test that we identified here that you needed a 14-day notice before you removed them. We went out and marked them all dead. The ones that were dead, more are dead now, and the majority of the ones that were marked have not yet been removed. They just stand there dead. So I know that vandalism for one of them was actually from a sprinkler hitting it like this, right? (laughs) So let's be careful when we talk about vandalism, and I want to make sure that Trees that are not being maintained after, plant, after they're planted mm-hmm. are not happening anymore.
5: Right? Well, again, the area that you're talking about at Granite Park, I don't know, um, was that an arborist selection of where that, those trees were planted?
6: I, I didn't work
5: on that. I don't believe I so. So again, what we're looking for is what we have the capacity to do and what we have the capacity to make the recommendations where the trees go. Some, you know, there are opportunities where people like them as an optimal place. We don't feel that they're necessarily optimal or it may even be planted at the optimal time. Uh, again, is that decision um, really matched up with everything that we try and do? just, and again at Granite Park, I know exclusively the area you're talking about. Um, but I do know the other trees in the areas have been vandalized and taken and some of those others have and when we say take measures, uh, you know I, I, that's a very difficult thing to do. I mean, it's, I mean, from a practical standpoint, I think the desire to do harm to a tree um, overcomes many of the, the barriers or staking that we can do. So again, again, that's a very deliberate act. But again, where the trees are planted um, is something that we want to make sure is the optimal place. And I don't believe in those instances, those were the optimal places.
1: Well, then I'm saddened that we planted them there, if it wasn't a good place to plant. I know that those were cited by Sacramento Tree Foundation's arborist, and they were agreed upon by parks. Mm -hmm. And they were requested to line a soccer field where every other soccer field at that park is lined by very tall, gorgeously mature trees that are maintained by the city of Sacramento. So I don't believe that they would die because it's the wrong place. I believe that they died because they weren't watered. And I believe that it's an excellent place for trees to be able to grow. I would like for us to Renew our commitment when we planted those trees and to replace the trees that are dead, to take the dead trees down because it's demoralizing for this volunteer base. they come out on a rainy day, they come out on a cold day, they come out early in the morning, they get muddy, they ruin their beautiful white Nikes that my high schoolers just can't stop coming to tree plantings in, and then they come and visit the park to show their family what they planted in that's dead. and the next month it's dead. And they call me, and I talk to you guys, and still dead, and they're still standing there, and it's demoralizing. And it takes a volunteer who came out and gave their time away. It takes away from their dedication and their commitment Mm -hmm. to their city, and and we lose volunteers. And what about Ray Trothaway's comment about the spectators, about sitting in the sun, about kids playing on on soccer fields? Mm -hmm. It's important to have shade, and I think that's a great place. But if we're going to talk about... We will have volunteer-led events. Then we've got to give those volunteers trees that are going to survive. And we have to have maintenance in place. And other cities do put fencing around uh, playground trees. They put them around parks trees. They deal with deers and gophers. And there's all kinds of fun accoutrement that come along with so when we talk about going out and getting those grants, that match is easily achieved through that volunteer labor, right? And the skilled volunteer labor is $37, what, $62? It is almost $38 an hour. Yeah. And that is a way that cities all throughout the state of California provide that match. Mm-hmm. And We have a very unique situation in Sacramento through our utility provider because all of those trees were provided by SMUD, right this is an unusual and very lucky situation that we have that our utility provider in the name of offsetting these climate adaptation ailments provides those trees to us for free so that is actually also a calculable match so we are More well positioned than any other city Mm -hmm. because of the number of dollars of trees We bring to the table for our grants with match So I want to make sure that we're clear that we have that capability in match and I'd be happy to as Commissioner King has offered to help To write grants. I'd be happy to help to bring our match To these grants, I know that we talk about the encampment that decimated our Cal Fire tree grant that planted hundreds of trees along that trail. So, I my question is, what are our plans to replant those trees? Are we going to wait for a volunteer to request a replacement? The memo also says we rely on replacements to be requested by volunteers too. So I'm a volunteer and I would like to request replacement of the trees at Granite Regional that have died and I would like to request replacement of the trees that died along the trail now that our encampment has been cleared out and maybe we'll come back, I don't know. But when we put in all those dollars and all those trees and all that irrigation, I wanna hope that we can find a plan in our new budget. I would like to see options where we do have line items to plant trees, we do have line items to maintain and replace efforts that have already taken place, and that we're not just waiting for communities who have the time and resource to do so. Because we've seen, come to the top of the climate plan, the general plan, even the age-friendly plan, Mm -hmm. that green accessible space is where people want to spend their time, and that is our responsibility within the Parks Department to keep it green. We talk about age diversity and the rapid decline of trees that have died. We went from planting 300 trees in a year to 53 trees in a planting season. Is that because we were relying upon volunteers? Oh, that's 53
12: this year.
2: year. So, this
1: this year. year. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that is still, we only have two months left of this planting season.
5: Yeah. So, let me kind of just go back to why we're here it's not because we're in opposition to anything that you said in opposition to doing any of those things that should be done no absolutely no daylight between us you and us and the rest of all of us here Um, i am given a resource um, of a limited quantity and my job is to make the best that i can out of that limited resource now Part of advocacy and part of renewing the commitment with our council members is something that I'm asking help for so that what is daylight that may be perceived as daylight between us can be closed. But again, you have a partner that wants to do everything the right way. And again, the trees at Granite, I wouldn't replant them there without irrigation. That would be my recommendation because I've learned that lesson, but again, I'm here because I need help as a department or as a division to go beyond what my capabilities currently are. I am very blessed with what the city offers us as uh, you know, our allotment for our, what we can do. But again, I know just by being here in this chamber many times that advocacy does have the opportunity to move that pencil. And so that's why I'm here. But again, there is no daylight between us in the ultimate goal.
1: Wonderful. Thank you for that. And I need you to help me too by giving us a budget that we can take and advocate for. So if we can partner together and you tell me exactly how many trees you want to plant and exactly how many dollars that costs and how many foresters our arborist needs to help her along the way, how many foresters that we can place in our neighborhoods that don't have as much tree canopy, right? Let's get creative and give this commission a few options of possible budgets that we can advocate for so that our parks department is able mm-hmm. to do more than we have been able to in the past. Commissioner Boone? Mr. Collins.
2: Yes, I just wanted to speak to um, I wanted to speak to the challenge of finding funding. I understand, yeah. especially working in public health, like you're we the we the unqualified. Um, however, um, I also do want to. I feel like I, I speak for um, a good chunk of Sacramento when I say like the idea of having a stopgap. Um, you know, planting something that might not be maintained, I mean, just speaking to that, it's more than demoralizing. I feel like it's also um, not the best use of resources, right? If we're planting things and they're dying because they're not, there's a lack of maintenance, hmm? then I feel like that is something that is important to address as we look for future funding. And that is something that the council will have questions about. You know, what is the success
5: rate of this? Like, what is the survival yeah. rate um, of a lot of these trees? So, no, and that's. Perfect, what you just said, absolutely. Um, And again, the reason why we continue doing what we're doing is because the vast majority are very successful plantings. So we're not talking about every tree that's planted fails, we're talking about a small number, percentage that are failing. And I think the overall contribution, the wellness factors that we've talked about here, the emotional, um, you know, the emotional. Camaraderie that comes with volunteering, working together. I think those are huge benefits, and the success of the majority of the trees, I think, is is a tremendous positive thing. We don't want any tree failures, but we don't want to take away from progress that is going forward. So, but you, you're absolutely right. Sorry
1: and thank you for this fantastic presentation. I've been waiting for it for a long time. I know a lot of people in my neighborhoods have asked me about it and asked me to express their feelings and ask their questions. I know that you're doing the best that you can with what you have, right? Let's get some options to do better and go forward. Mrs. Carlson, welcome again. You, I don't think that you tell people enough how decorated you are, but I'm going to sing your praises all day long. And uh, Mr. Aylesworth, fantastic job. Thank you very much.
5: I'll leave you a pencil. <laughs> I'll take it <laughs> for a symbol of motivation there we go
1: wonderful thank you so much righty, we'll move on to our next item what time is it here 7.20 let's see do we have an estimated time of how long our next presentation is alright our next item will be the VIP volunteer program update
13: Good evening, so this will be brief because you guys have very eloquently and passionately discussed volunteers already. So, um, I'm Katie Hauser, I'm the Recreation Manager for the department overseeing a variety of of programs and and division areas. I also have with me Samantha Vu, who is our Recreation Superintendent with Community Centers and also supports our marketing team. Um, So again, as we talked about, Volunteers are a vital resource and partner to our department, and we really value our community volunteers um, because they support our park system and our programs citywide. We've talked a lot of already this evening about the role that volunteers play in our park system, but it actually, you know, our volunteers go beyond that. So, it's a quick snapshot of 2023, um, and I think that these numbers are underreported, which is another reason for the relaunch of the volunteer program that I'll talk a little bit. That Samantha and I will talk a little bit more about, but. Approximately 200 recreation program volunteers, uh, which includes a variety of of opportunities um, that I'll talk about in just a second. Um, 110 Junior Giant volunteers, that's a record number for us last year. Um, And we were able to serve over 1,000 participants in that program as a result of, of our volunteer coaches. Um, and about 1,800 park volunteer hours from last year. Um, and any given day when you go out into one of our facilities or one of our parks, you will see these volunteers in action, right, whether they're at, and some are, are not organized by us, right? We would, don't even know. We just are out talking to folks and they're out picking up trash in our parks. Um, we also have, you know, again, if you go to any one of our facilities or programs, you'll see um, a yoga instructor at the Hart Senior Center. Um, you'll see calligraphy at Bell College. You'll see junior MBA practices uh, with volunteer coaches. Um, so we rely very heavily on volunteers and we value them very much. And we have a, a very rich history of, of working with volunteers. So what is EFC VIP? We've brought this item today um, out of sort of a question last, last meeting about like what it what does that mean? Um, and we, we labeled it the VIP because obviously the people are very important, but it actually literally just stands for volunteering in parks. Um, But we, right so smart, so easy. That came from one of our community center supervisors. Um, But really, they are the VIPs. So um, it's really important to us that we labeled it that way. But really, it's a relaunch and just rebranding of our current volunteer program and offerings. As Jackie kind of alluded to, this is a really big department with a lot of different programs and parks and offerings. And as a result, just by nature, there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen. We were all sort of handling things a little bit differently just to sort of get what we needed to get done. But we found that we needed to be way more organized and to bring everyone together, parks, park planning, our recreation programs, all of our teams together to really host these volunteer opportunities under one umbrella. Um, So as something to just keep in mind as we go through this, we're really trying to not only increase the number of volunteers, but also the outreach. And really just rebrand it so that we can really be more organized and be more proactive in how we offer these um, opportunities. That really just provide, um, you know, they, volunteers bring enthusiasm, energy, passion and resources to the community and really create a sense of ownership amongst residents. That is really an important, um, just an important item as we continue to move forward. Um, but it will, you know, as we like to say, we're um, we're building the plane as we fly it because we're currently already working with volunteers and we get volunteer opportunities and outreach on a daily basis. So what you're going to see today will continue to grow and change a little bit as our situation changes, as our volunteer and resource resources change. Okay, so some of the goals and outcomes of sort of this rebranding, right, is to really, as you guys again, already sort of alluded to and discussed, is really to offer equitable volunteer opportunities across the board. So it's not just one neighborhood who might already have a group of volunteers Right, to, but really to make sure that there, are across the board are opportunities. Um, provide support to Yipsey parks programs and events. Uh, we literally cannot run some of these programs without volunteers, uh, especially if you talk about Junior Giants or you talk about Junior MBA. The number of youth that we can serve in those programs is dependent on the number of coaches that we have. Um, and then really continue to bring awareness to Yipsey services by building a unified voice. And again, just getting everybody on the same page, using all the same terms and all the same mechanisms to sign up and all of those things. And then continued outcomes. Um, Really, we're going to, Samantha will talk a little bit about some of our incentives, right? But like to really continue to incentivize community members to volunteer. with like actual items, um, I think you make a really good, great point earlier about really seeing some quality output from your volunteer service, as you talked about with the trees, that wouldn't include quality programming, right, that you could see. It's another one of the incentives that we want to provide as an outcome of this. Uh, continuing to, continuing to foster the sense of community and ownership in parks, we've really seen a major turnout turnout after COVID of people really wanting to come back and feel that sense of community, and going out and volunteering and meeting people is a really great way to do that. While you're also providing work, you know, workforce development for youth and beyond, and then as a culmination, I you know we really have sort of um, wanted to frame 916 days as sort of a culminating event for this CFC volunteer program. So. Um, With that, I'm going to turn it over to Samantha to talk a little bit more about the specifics of of how we're going to roll this out. Um, And we also have some members of our amazing marketing team here. Uh, So I just wanted to shout them out a little bit as well. Uh, Good evening. So I am here to answer
14: one of the questions you guys had at the last meeting. How can you become a UPC VIP? So each of our service areas for the UPC department will provide volunteer opportunities throughout the year. Um, just like uh, any community member just like you can register online or at a community center to obtain a membership card. There are going to be two different types of memberships. So one will be the level one for those who have volunteer 24 hours or less in a year and so this will include your favorite events just like the rose pruning or the tree planting or even special events across the city and this is open to all ages that means that any of your kiddos can come join you um, as long as you are present with them. And then for the YPSI VAP Level 2, this is for a volunteer who will volunteer 24 hours or more. So these volunteers really support, as Katie mentioned, our like, programs like in our Access Leisure programs, older Adult Services, and also programs and classes in our community centers and more. This uh, membership will be open for ages 14 and up. So with this slot strategy, I just want to keep in mind, and we've, I know Jackie's mentioned this multiple times tonight, this is not... A new program This is simply just a rebrand of something that we're currently doing, also in partnership with Sean's team, um, but it's really the goal is to rebrand this program, so it's continuously synonymous with the EPSI department. Um, so with what I call I, what I call the small but mighty EPSI marketing team, we really refined the launch strategy by updating the website, simplifying the registration, and then also developing an incentive program that will encourage our community members to get out there and get involved. I just want to take a quick moment, as Katie mentioned, we have two of our marketing team members here, I'm missing one of them today, um, but Chua and Esme really did a lot of groundwork to make this possible, so I just want to give them a little bit of a shout out. Thank <laughs> you, And then I'll talk about the Yipsy VIP launch. So, in the beginning of January 2024, we launched the Yipsy VIP program. And so, for the first 200 members that sign up, they'll get a water bottle and a sticker that matches the program area. And then we want to continue to incentivize our volunteers to to volunteer throughout the year. And so, we, the Yipsy marketing team over there, developed a Yipsy VIP passport program. So each time that they volunteer. They can earn a city staff signature to track their hours and earn prizes at the culminating 916 Day event. This passport is available um, at every community center online and we're going to be bringing it to each of the volunteer events so it's more accessible to our community. And so I wanted to show you, these are some of the items that we will be bringing out at the 916 Day. And so if they volunteer for 24 hours or more or less, depending on how much they volunteer throughout the year. They'll get different items like this mug, a cup, a ball, but also it's really to brand and make this more of exciting. We are recreation, and we want to make this program really fun for you all. So I'll have Katie share the, the wonderful stickers that our marketing team has created, and we'll also be able to bring some more of these items for you. So with that, we want to talk about what the next steps are,
13: I'll give it back to Katie. Thank you. Um, so the stickers are sort of going around so you at least have an idea of what they of what they look like um, and these just came in the water bottles I think are tomorrow, tomorrow at Coloma so um, okay again so what's what's next you have a QR code here um, you know to Sean's point we really wanted to provide this information to you so that as you're ta- you're talking out to residents um, you have a place to point them um, So what's next? We're going to enhance citywide promotion of programs and opportunities to include youth and families. It's a really big deal to us. I have taken my own kiddos to community garden planting days. I brought them to 916 day where they, I didn't even actually tell them what to do and they just started pulling weeds at the playground. Um, So to really continue to, to foster those opportunities as well. Um, to create and share an event calendar of Yipsey VIP opportunities. So this is some of, some of the proactiveness that Sean was referring to, right? To be able to say, you know, to, if a group says, "and we want to come and plant trees," we can say, "oh, we actually we're going to do that at this park, or we have a park that needs this attention," um, so that we have a, a more of a proactive schedule, um, so people have something to, to actually volunteer for, versus trying to find somewhere for them to go. Just being more organized in that way. Um, Establish performance measures for quarterly reporting. We currently have uh, performance measures, but not one that specifically talks about volunteers, the number of the hours and where we are getting a lot of the volunteerism. Uh, We'd like to develop corporate and or group volunteer options. Um, That's actually gonna be happening pretty soon. We're literally, we're going to put some space on the website where you can fill out an interest form if you wanted to bring your, your company to do a park cleanup day or a tree planting. Um, where you wanted to bring a group of, t- of teenagers to, you know, work a harvest fest at one of our community centers, you would be able to provide that, that interest there. And then ultimately to increase our participation and ours. So that's it. Again, we wanted to, this is really, you guys, again, had a really, really thorough conversation about volunteerism already, so we already know how important it is and how valuable it is to us. This program is sort of the mechanism in which we're trying to sort of get those numbers to a good place, um, to a, an organized place. One of the things, too, that I just wanted to, that might come up as some questions, so I wanted to just um, maybe call it out more specifically, is when you're on the website and you go to level one and level two members, memberships, within there, they have more what the opportunities are. So if you say, for an example, you registered as a level one member because you wanted to just do eight hours of park cleanup, you literally can see, okay, I'm, I'm a level one member here. And you can go and say, okay, there's a rose pruning event on this day. The, the activities are listed under that membership. So you can actually see what you want to sign up for. Same thing with the level two membership. And usually members, the, the, the level two, because a lot of times they're working with some of our vulnerable populations, like older adults or access leisure or youth, they require fingerprinting, TB tests, mandated reporter training. So the level two usually you'll register um, and then you'll get follow up from the staff um, or concussion protocol, that's another good one that we have to provide for our youth sports coaches. Um, so just to clarify kind of how that looks on the, on the levels. When you register, you do get those opportunities. And then once you're there, we have you in that membership and if a new opportunity comes up, we can email everyone that's in that list and say, here's another opportunity, are you interested? And you only have to sign the waiver one time. One time a year, that's it. So with that, I'll take any, we'll take any questions. Okay. Do we have any members of the public who would like to speak on this item?
0: Thank you, Chair. We have no speaker slips. Vice Chair Gaines.
3: Hi. Um, thank you guys so much for this. Uh, it's really exciting. I love seeing um all the stuff. I expect my swag bag next time. We'll just put that in the notes <laughs> But I'm gonna need a bag. Um, swag bags for everyone. <laughs> I'm mean, gonna I have to show it off to get people to volunteer. Yes. Um yeah, so this is really great. So it sounds like that when someone signs up, like so like 916 Day, we do a lot of outreach, like, hey, come specifically for this tree planting. I know that they've gone on ActiveNet before, so is it still? Do they, is it two separate things? Like they'll do the VIP sign up and then be directed to ActiveNet to fill out the waivers, or how is that gonna play? Sure,
13: so it's all the same. So you go to, it's in ActiveNet, you would create your account in ActiveNet, you would sign up for that membership, and then 916 day events will be an activity under that membership. So once you have that membership, you can go register for any of those 916 day events.
3: Perfect. And then I had an idea, um, so I'll be brief because I know we're running late, but I was really excited. I actually had this idea when Sean was presenting, but I wanted to let him sit down, so um, I will give you guys my volunteer idea. So I um, am one of those people that, yes, I volunteer because it's a nice to do. I also want to share it on my social and have everyone think I'm a good person. So I think anytime we can use social to, like, share out our volunteers would be great, um, especially, like, in real time and that just boosts the social numbers as well. Um, But also, I would love to see, you know the way people can, like, buy a star? Like, when people are planting trees, if we were keeping, like, a quick, easy database of that, because I know, I don't know if this is a city thing or just a tree planting thing but we like named our trees mm-hmm. so I'm no Joe Flores I've only planted two trees um, but Kaya in Cabrillo Park and Don in Laver Bart- Burton Park and so if there was a way that we had that like at this tree planting there were 20 trees planted here goes who planted it and like what the name of their what that was I think that would be really cool that's kind of a good what's in it for me to get people to participate because it's like you get to plant a tree you named it it's on the website everyone knows that you're a good person so I just think anytime we can do stuff like that would be be really fun
13: yeah those are good ideas um yeah like some volunteer spotlights and maybe like a yes i have lots of ideas for that
1: it's called a tree inventory
13: yes sure yeah it can be part of the tree inventory or also it can be like a quarterly report of you know i will think of we will think on that you have my email so yes i do, do. yes <laughs> thank you
1: commissioner flores
12: Okay, thank you. Uh, yes, second to, I'm having major FOMO of, I see promos right there, so yes. No,
13: and it's, it's green, very park-themed. It's, see, it's something it's that, that I cute. want,
12: like I can't They're take my va- thoughts, yeah, so. <laughs> yes, we'll ditto. get you some
13: that. we'll get you a swag bag for sure. Yeah,
12: ditto to uh, vice chair's comments there. And then, you know, you know how the library does, um, you know, I have my 10-year-old and he does the summer reading program, right? So like, I don't know how we can mimic some of those, you know, gamification of items, right? And then I don't know if our systems are that flexible, but you know, what can we do to mimic some of that stuff too? And yeah, I'll echo what she said about that, that, that part. Uh, But yeah, I think, I think, yeah, that social piece that, that could be like, I know NFTs are dead, but like, if others are sharing that logo, like, hey, I'm a VIP, you know, too, I think that too, to show that you are kind of a good person, maybe when you're not, uh, that part um, can help out too, right? That helps spurs that, hey, where did you get that? Or, hey, that, that looks pretty cool. Like that, that branding feels like that can be an item of worth or something in that NFTification of the world we live in so yeah there yeah there's a lot of opportunity here to yeah, it's a is. refresh of i know given the the conversation we just had but then how do you then what's the action plan after that uh, this is like i said i can't keep my eyes off of that so i know others would have the same sentiment or feeling too so thank you
13: thank you
9: commissioner Boone thank you for the presentation love the enthusiasm and rebrand and also thank you to marketing I don't know if y'all are the ones that manage social but it's a great great platform like I love seeing all the content so thank you so
13: for Chia keeping does, it like Chia does the she does social she does the monthly emails that come out from constant contact a lot of our flyers
9: yeah love social this love the it. stories everything that you post yes can we please um, get one of these for that Um, This is in a similar bucket as like an idea, Um, and I don't know if it fits in this context or this year, but after our last meeting, um, I can't remember who presented, but they said there's like three generations in the like senior aging population. And I know some of them like want services, right? Like they want the community, but I can imagine like others actually want to contribute. And I think this is a conversation we've had offline. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious if Yipsey. Has and just needs to, like, rebrand, like a senior core, right, where there's, like, these active seniors that are retired and want to volunteer and don't necessarily, like, want to volunteer, like, sporadically, but are, like, committed to returning and committed to being engaged like a level two would be. But, like, naming that, like, you're our senior core. We're dependent on you. We need you to be here every Tuesday at 2 p.m., to go check the trees and the health or whatever the thing is. But like, have we done that? Could we do that? Because um, I think that's like a, an opportunity that could yield uh, a lot of, um, like a large impact um, in terms of like people.
13: I mean, first of all, I love that. Um, I think it's a fantastic idea. And I don't think we do it in a really organized way. I think there, there definitely are older adults who volunteer. Uh, they help at Meals on Wheels. Um, because you're right, there are literally four generations of older adults in our facilities. Um, and so we definitely have... But it's not it's not nearly as organized. And I would love also to see um, multi-generate, multi-generational programs that come out of that. So that's a great idea. Thank you.
9: I would love to work with you on that um, in whatever way makes sense. But if we could pilot it, I would... I was thinking... Um, Just from the last meeting, like, if they could, similar to how the community gardens operate, where they do this, like, rotation, um, like, as a pilot to see where there is a need and, you know, not not generate a program and then it not be successful. But, yeah, like, small scale.
1: Thank you. Great job, that's really cool. Uh, Just having uh, two teenage volunteers in the house, we're avid volunteers, they are gonna lose that little card to bring back to get a stamp. Is there a way to update that online when they lose that paper?
13: Yes, I'm sure we can work through that, that's a good point. Yeah, thank you. Great,
1: all right, thank you so much for your presentation. Thank you. All right, our next item of business. Is the 916 day updates? Do we have a presentation?
15: Hello, commissioners. Um, so, as discussed in the January commission meeting, the standing item will be moved to the discussion calendar and staff reports will be provided at each meeting to, get, to better facilitate the commissioners' volunteer efforts for this event and utilize the commission's regular meeting time for planning more effectively. Uh, the department also identified key elements to the 916 Day Volunteer Event uh, where we are soliciting volunteers uh, for the following components listed below. They are marketing, sponsorships, and task management. And once we receive the volunteer, eight, we just need one volunteer for each. Once we receive uh, those volunteers, I will be connecting with them offline and talking about next steps.
0: <laughs>
1: Do we have any members of the public who would like to speak on this item?
0: Thank you, Chair. We have no speaker slips. Thank you, Commissioners. Commissioner Flores.
12: Yeah, put me on one of those lists. We, we can we can definitely talk. Okay.
15: Do you have a preference?
12: Um, I think I think last time we spoke about was um, partnerships, or okay. whatever whatever category that that fell under. Got it.
1: And we have Commissioner Kingis who's requested to also be on sponsorships. Okay. Go ahead, Commissioner Flores. Wonderful. Commissioner Boone?
9: I can't remember if it was logistics or oh, like task the, management. Yeah, yeah, that one. Okay. I'll do that one.
15: Thank you. And then marketing's our last one.
1: Can you explain a little bit what marketing would entail?
15: Marketing would entail uh, what our marketing plan would be to market our 916A um, and how we want to work with the YPSI marketing team. Uh, they also have limited capacity, so we want to make sure we're not over asking of their team. And then what can we do ourselves? I know I've seen quite a bit of talent over there in that area uh, in terms of marketing um, you know, with social media and reels and things like that. So, yeah, things of that nature, putting things out. Perfect, thank you. Vice Chair Gaines?
3: Um, I would be happy to do that, but I also because I am vice chair and I get to do extra stuff, if anybody would like to step up to marketing, I am fine taking a back seat, but if nobody wants to do it, then I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much for your
15: presentation. Yeah. And the assigned volunteers will take the lead. They can reach out to the others needed during the commission meetings as permitted in the Brown Act. So, Okay.
1: Thank you so much. Okay. It is now time for us to move on to member comments, ideas, questions. Do we have any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Oh, forgive me. Director, do you have a report? I do. All right. Let's go.
3: Be back. Well, I yep, uh,
10: I came back. Can have a script. <laughs> It'll be call call. to be here with all of you. <laughs> can be a
15: script. So,
12: <laughs>
10: okay, so um, I have a few updates um, and and a very short video to show for you that I do not plan on skipping. So, um, buckle up for a few minutes. Let's see. Our park safety team rangers in January responded to a total of 296 calls. For reference, in 2023, there were 205 calls. Um, They also handled 53 calls by our our rapid response team in January alone. I also wanted to provide a higher level overview, um, more citywide, on incident management team. We've been getting a lot of questions about that. I did have an opportunity to um, watch last month's two weeks ago um, commission meeting. And I know there are some questions around um, IMT and park safety and addressing issues of homelessness. You'll be hearing from our park safety team later this year through a formal agenda item and presentation, but thought it would be good information to bring back to you now um, for a quick background. So the IMT or incident management team was launched over the summer of 2023 to coordinate and improve the citywide responses to homelessness. It's composed of staff from several city agencies as well as um, contractors, and they all work in close coordination um, with partner agencies from the county as well. The early goals and successes of the IMT as it relates to parks, um, I'll, I'll just share a few of those. So in the first few weeks of the IMT, staff from the Department of Community Response were able to support our park rangers to clear out old and aging calls um, through a citywide push to reduce pending calls. These are 311 calls related to parks. This has resulted in a more timely and focused response as we continue to receive new calls. In recent months, the incident management team has focused on two goals as it relates to parks. So resolving long, long-standing complex encampments in parks, specific successes are um, successful placements or relocation of community members experiencing chronic homelessness into emergency shelters um, or safe grounds, Both one from Tahoe Park and Chickaree Bend Park most recently. Also coordinating large scale cleanups in and around parks including successfully resolving encampment concerns in Granite Park and adjacent to Shasta Park, also um, very recently. Currently, the incident management team is working to incorporate lessons learned and improve coordination when responding to encampments in the vicinity of parks and also ensure that any impacts to nearby parks are addressed as soon as possible, um, even if the response is not specifically focused on the encampment within a park and just in a surrounding area. The IMT is building on these successes and actively seeking resources and building capacity to be able to tackle larger scope projects related to, spart- to parks specifically um, in district two with a focus on the Sac Northern bike trail. Um, so we're hoping to have some updates in the coming uh, months around that. As you've continuously heard from us, uh, from staff, we strongly encourage everyone in the community to use three on one system to report concerns related to encampments both within parks, but also more broadly. This is the single most important thing that can be done to empower continued success of the IMT. So we get your emails, we receive the phone calls, we receive the text messages, but 311 is absolutely um, the mechanism that needs to be used to report any of those incidents. Moving on to our reservations office, it's just a reminder that all fields are closed January 1st to February 12th for rest and maintenance. The Reservations Office has already issued 538 long-term sports field permits to 66 organizations for 2024. And our field status hotline will continue to be updated for open and closed fields as we work through the weather um, and spring season. In our youth youth workforce development team, the Youth Resource and Employment Fair saved the date. I shared this, um, Anthony may have shared it last, uh, last couple weeks ago, but Shared it um, at the end of last year as well. Coming on Saturday, March 23rd, we have our Youth Resource and Employment Fair. That'll be 9 to noon at New City Hall. Young people ages 13 to 24 seeking to gain work experience with City Hall or other employers are invited to attend. It will feature a wide range of opportunities for stipend-based programming, seasonal employment, trade industries, higher education, and more. Uh, We will be taking online pre-registration beginning in mid-February, and we'll have more details that we'll make sure to share out with the commissioners. For landscape and learning, youth aides and crew leaders are currently being hired for the upcoming spring season, which is March 16th to June 2nd, Saturdays and Sundays from 8 to 2.30, with a 30-minute lunch. Crews will provide general park maintenance and cleanup throughout the city at various community parks. We are extending the recruitment for crew leaders through Friday, February 23rd, And crew leaders are required to be 21 years of age or older and have a valid license. We're happy to share more recruitment information, too, if you're interested. Also in full hiring mode is our aquatics team, focusing on on on-campus high school recruitments. They've been spending a lot of time out in the field working at high schools, trying to recruit high school-age students to come and work for us. We're looking to hire lifeguards, cashiers, and pool managers. I believe at the last uh, commission meeting, there was a question regarding the 4th R refer a family promotion. So that promotion is running January 16th to March 29th. Families that are currently enrolled in 4th R can refer a family uh, to one of several 4th R locations and receive a $100 credit to be used towards tuition. So the enrollment must be at one of the following sites, Alice Burney, Height, Sequoia, Bancroft, Hollywood Park, Sutterville, Pony Express, Witter Ranch and Regency Park. We do have a flyer that we will be sharing now with the commissioners as well. Access Leisure is hosting a teen night out coming up on February 23rd. It will be a movie and pizza night at 5 p.m. at Southside Clubhouse. The cost is $4, and this is for uh, teens with disabilities ages 13 to 22. You can register online for that program. You heard a lot from... Our wonderful park maintenance team tonight, specifically around trees, but there's a lot of other maintenance happening all across the city. In the north area, they've done some sod installation at North Natomas Regional Park um, and also removed grass um, and um, replaced with ball mix on, on these same fields for improved maintenance efficiencies, including water savings and some turf reductions. Regency Furniture was also installed. We installed 26 picnic tables and concrete garbage cans, metal benches, um, a whole lot happening out of Regency Park. In Ninos Park, we um, installed the engineered wood fiber um, at the playground earlier this week, so you have new playground material there. It's Chavez Park. We had a grass restoration. Um, We had a section of the park that had been closed off for a period of time. Staff aerated and laid seed to the grass area. This is done every year. That's now been completed and the fence has been removed. Southside Park, the restroom interior was painted, um, again, due to another issue of vandalism. And at Roseville Park, we had a replacement of some signage out there. So that park has some new signage. Argonaut Park, we are performing repairs to the softball fields uh, throughout the facilities there. We also replaced playground fibers at Lawrence Park and aeration of all the parks um, and many of the parks in District 6 is going to begin this month. In District 7, um, this past month, we aerated Argonaut, Renfrew, Bell Coolidge, Banforth, Reichmuth, and half of Land Park. And then also top-dressed and aerated Zacharias, Sojourner Truth, Zeeberg, and Garsha Bend. And then um, as many of you know, Uh, we will and we've heard a little bit about the the budget discussions this evening we'll continue those discussions um, during our monthly check-ins here at these commission meetings and when we bring our our budget recommendations here to this commission Um, but as a follow-up from the city council priority setting strategic workshop that happened back in september with our city council all departments have been providing a comprehensive update on programs and services in order to understand how the city is directing the limited human and financial resources available to us and as we move into an anticipated structural deficit of over $50 million that the city will be grappling with. Um, YPSI, alongside the Department of Utilities and Public Works, had an opportunity to present to council on the 23rd. I know some of our commissioners who I heard from during the presentation. Thank you for tuning in. Had an opportunity to either attend or watch online. Um, If you did not, I invite you to view view that PowerPoint. I did have it placed on our website, so it can be found there. We can also send you a copy of the PowerPoint. Um, It's on our main page under Announcements. But I did want to share here a little snippet from the presentation that highlights um, much of what was covered in a beautiful video that our marketing team who already left Uh, created uh, to pull together for us it's less than two minutes long and it does a wonderful job of just highlighting the great work of our department with very limited resources available to us so go and take a look shared during our council presentation every time I watch that video I've seen it a million times but I get chills it's just very impressive what our team is able to accomplish um, being very creative and strategic um, with limited staffing limited resources and also want to um, reiterate that you know as we move into a structural deficit anticipated structural deficit um, there are some immediate impacts to that right now um, that we are feeling And experiencing and so we ask for um, your patience and understanding as we navigate some of these challenges and requests one of those being hiring freeze um, that has been extended and we are experiencing right now and so um, while we are here to serve the community and support this Commission we appreciate your um, patience and support along the way as we um, navigate this new challenge in the upcoming year that's it for my updates thank you
1: First,
3: Vice Chair. Yeah, um, I know that a, a lot of times with like city council things like pop up pretty quickly um, and that there's they have a lot of meetings and there's probably a lot of meetings that you have to be in but anytime if there's anything that like if you're presenting and you need us to come, if you can have someone on your team shoot us an email, like, hey, we're gonna be presenting about like the budget deficit or this, or this where we need advocacy, because I know there's some commissioners better than I who actually look at it and will like jump in. I'm not gonna look at it. So if you could just tell me like, hey, Jeannie, we need you to come? (laughs) Um, I think a lot of us would be more than happy to if we're able to get off work to support, but there's just so much. So um, we definitely have your guys' back Um, and we have more of a purview of what you guys are doing that we can speak to. again when those things pop up just let us know
10: absolutely and if you have an opportunity to view the powerpoint it's very informative we weren't discussing at these um, at this workshop um, strategies for um, reductions or or how we would achieve that this is really a, um, a sort of showcase of every single department that's going to council and outlining the things that they do and at the end of february we'll be going back the city manager will be, go- be going back to Um, budget and audit and City Council with recommendations on potential reductions. Um, So we will be engaging with this commission during that time and we'll absolutely, not only will I be presenting here to you, but asking for your support um, in those conversations and at those workshops and meetings. So I will keep you apprised of all of those. You
3: said January 23rd was where this presentation was. Yes.
10: Yes. Flores.
12: Uh, Thank you, Director Beecham. I did get a chance to see it live stream, and then there's some statistics on there I don't think has been presented here per se. I know you present a lot of statistics, and uh, one statistic uh, you can see right right there. Um, I was able to show the the, the ratio of the number of employees over time to the the growth of park uh, acreage. Uh, was the statistic that was uh, discussed uh, during the presentation uh, to Councilmember Jennings uh, literally a couple days after the presentation. I was like, oh, wow, this needs to be broadcast like even more. So given that the context of the, of the presentation and the conversations we are about to have, um, that the city is going to about to have it uh, very difficult ones, and then the mayor's comment based off of your presentation is like, what is not core services of the city that Yipsy does not provide? And then that I was like, man, I'm going to take that and tell that to my neighbors It's like, what the, what aspect of Yipsy is not a core function of the city that we're providing? And like even tonight's conversation shows why. Um, and so you're right, Vice Chair, like that's where the advocacy is going to come in, where you know the difficults conversations that we'll be having it's going to affect Ypsy in a in a in a profound way just by even one person right like if it's taken off off the board you know so we're so yes yes utilize us in that way right like even sean was saying hey it's that inertia and and what what, what can we do or what is the role of the commissioner when that and that's part of it when we have these neighbor chats and so uh yeah this year is going to be it's going to be challenging and creative but um some of these stats is more arsenal in our conversation. So, so thank you for being that avatar for the, 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 the department. Um, we know the challenges of YPSI, but, but that video shows what outcomes are still being achieved by what YPSI has. And um, yeah, so thank you.
1: All right, yes, the mayor's um, comments were very poignant at the end of that, right? And I think that's really valid. If this is our role to advocate for you, please send us those you know, in advance or send us that same day or say, hey, today I did this, send it to your council member. We're all there and all see it, but then when they ask us questions, we know what they're talking about if we weren't able to see it live. So that'd be great, great job. It's a great video, great job, everybody. And we're gonna move on from there. All right. The next item, this time correct, hopefully, is member comments, ideas, questions. Do we have any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Vice Chair Gaines.
3: I promise I'm going to be really quick, everybody, because um, it's 8 o'clock. Um, so I just wanted to point out that it is Black History Month, so happy Black History Month, everybody. Um, and then also, you know, me and Deanna's birthdays also this month, same day, so happy early birthday to us. It's February 20th. Um, Lots of things to celebrate. It's also my son's birthday today, so that's why I have to get home. So happy birthday, Landon. He's seven. Um, And finally, one thing I did want to um, celebrate or point out, um, the youth division manager, uh, Monica Blanco, she has retired. She's not here today, um, but I have known her for uh, quite a bit of time. I don't know if she remembers this, but um, decades ago, we actually were in a meeting together when I was doing work in youth development for a nonprofit um, and just meeting her being a young professional back then and just her advocacy for youth development for partnerships just working across we were working with like nonprofits in the city and the schools and all these different entities coming together um, and just the way that she um, built partnerships within that was so inspiring so she was um you guys know i like to always highlight longtime city uh, workers so she was with the city for 30 years um which is amazing and so I know that she is definitely going to be missed. Um, super excited. I, I've heard a lot about kind of how all of our other managers are really stepping up the plate, and we've seen that um, over the last few months since she's retired. Um, but I just, even though she's not here, wanted to give that shout um, just of her service. And so for two of my commissioners, we are going to be celebrating her this month. So let me know. Uh, you guys can talk to me after, and we can talk about that. But just wanted to give that quick shout, and I promise I'm done talking for the rest of the meeting.
1: Commissioner Herman.
11: Uh, Thank you, Chair. I just had a quick question. Um, What are the reasons, legal staffing or otherwise, why commissioners cannot attend these meetings remotely, like if they're sick or something like that? I just was curious. I don't
15: know if the clerk's office is probably the best um is probably the best source of of that information, I guess. But I don't want to put you on the spot, Uh, Cecilia. I know you're new to this job. I'm not going (laughs) to suggest you answer right now. Um, And so, but, um, yeah, I I think we can come come back and give you some information on that another time.
0: Yeah, for sure. I can uh, definitely take that question to city clerk's office and they can address that. I appreciate that, too. I have the same question. I know City Council is able to
1: remote in, so I'd like to see if, you know, we can start to work with other commissions to also have that ability. Agreed, tonight in case, point in case, so thank you. Thank you for that. Okay. Um, My comment would be uh, the same. Wow, Monica Blanco, did you say 30 years? That's incredible. I've just always been so uh, grateful that there's never been a question I've asked that she wasn't able to answer. Always there. Just that institutional knowledge is so vast. So I'm just so grateful that we had that chance to to work together. I would love to honor her, so please invite me. Wonderful. Okay. Well, here we go. Um, If no one else has anything else, then we're at the time where we do public comments. Matters not on the agenda. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. We have
0: no speaker slips.
1: Okay, then this concludes today's agenda. Thank you everyone for your participation. This meeting is adjourned.